We can all go gobbledygook for Zach Stubbledygook. Podcast coming to you today for an epic day six review of Tokyo 2020. And as we all go gobbledygook for Zach Stubbledy Cook, we're all going absolutely chicken pox for Jess Fox because she did it. Jess Fox has broken through and finally won a gold medal. It's a double golden day for Australia, as well as a silver and a bronze day. And it's a bronze day for Canada as well. Let's remember to talk about them, even though we don't really have to tonight because uh, it's only Australians on the show tonight. Colin's too busy having got so excited commentating sailing earlier today. We'll hear from that very shortly. But uh, joining me on the line is Australia's number one expert on canoe slalom and breaststroke. It is Jared Lubick. Jared, what a what a day to be an Australian. Yeah, what an awesome day to be an Aussie. Um, oh, just wow. I'm still, I feel like I'm still getting over that Just Fox win. I was shaking like so much, like when it was happening, just like the adrenaline. Um, it was just so well-deserved and um, oh, what a moment. It really is one of those ones where it's just, you want it so badly for her and it, it was so heartbreaking the other day when she lost in the K1 and she would have won it had she not hit some of the poles. But unfortunately, she didn't win and she still got a bronze and obviously she was a bit disappointed but still had a smile on her face. But yeah, you're absolutely right uh, to, to come back into this one, the debut of the C1 slalom. And yeah, I was absolutely shitting bricks. Um, I don't think I've been that nervous in any Olympic event probably since... Uh, Sally Pearson back in London, maybe, I think, probably. Um, it was just, because um, she went last as well, it was kind of one of these things where you're like, oh, no. Um, but she did it. She took the gold and she's finally completed her set. And you made a very valid point, actually, on our chat today saying that give her the flag for the closing ceremony. But unfortunately for Jessie Cart, because she's got to go home within five days now, doesn't she? Those are the rules. So um, mm-hmm. maybe she will get the honorary nod if she was allowed to stay. But you then said, give it to her in Paris because she's all but confirmed she's coming back in three years. Yeah, I feel like provided she's in Paris competing, she's got to be a lock. I just can't see anybody else who that would pick over her. I just feel like... I know it's it's way getting way ahead of ourselves, but I just think that there's 
like no other option really apart from to give it to her. Maybe they'll think Ariane Titmus, who knows. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, look, in all fairness, I think she probably should have gotten it this time around. Um, I mean, not to take away from our dear friend Kate, but as they keep celebrating Jess, she is essentially the all-time greatest canoe slalom uh, competitor of all time. She's basically won everything before her except for that Olympic gold. But who knows? Maybe giving her that flag could have added more pressure to her and maybe wouldn't have it. But it's it's such a, a great result for her. I mean, I don't think there's a single person on this planet who does not like Jess Fox. And she celebrated. She cried. We had a dad on the commentary. Her mum was there. I mean... The thing I liked about it too was that, yeah, okay, Channel 7 and Channel 7, they're going to be Channel 7, but at least they don't have to go out and seek out every single family member. They're literally right there. I mean, he's in the commentary box. Although I was a little bit concerned that they filmed him without his consent. Uh, I don't Mm. know how I felt about that. Um, But, I mean, it was... I mean, Richard Fox, ever just the professional, you could tell that, like, it clearly meant a lot to him, but he was still just very sort of solid. Oh, yes, no, I'm very proud of her. And her mum was amazing. Her sister was amazing. Mel McLaughlin got a little caught up in the moment, thinking she was a bestie, but, hey, that's Mel McLaughlin for you. But, I mean, this this is the gold we all want. I mean, we would have liked to have won two, but one's fine. Well, I'm, I'm happy that she's got at least one. Yeah, it's early days, but it, it just already, it feels like this is going to be, like, the moment of the Games. Like, this is right up there for me for, like, one of the best Australian Olympic moments ever. I, I would absolutely second that. I mean, that adds a gold and a bronze in these games to a silver and a bronze that she's previously won. So uh, amazing to think that she's won four Olympic medals. Uh, I, I don't know in terms of uh, successful canoe slalom, uh, men or female, male or women, men or fe- you know what I'm talking about, um, of all time. I'd have to kind of look into that if there's been, say, a male slalom competitor who has won that many medals. But I know they had said that uh, no female had ever won three medals in the one event prior to the other day when the Spanish um, canoeist got a, a medal as well as Jess in three. So, um, yeah, four now in total for Jess, which is incredible. And I have to say, I do love the the differences, obviously, the C1 and the K1. Obviously, the boats are slightly different, but of course, this one is sort of more the one paddle, whereas the other day, it was kind of like the dual one where you did it that way too. So, I mean, this one looks like 50 times harder. I mean, I, I can't even go in any sort... I can't even do this on a video game, let alone in real life. I mean, I can't imagine how hard this event is. Yeah, it looks, it looks super difficult. And I think just the fact adding to this medal too was... Jess had had such a good run in in the semis in the lead up, and then in the final when the Brit put down that run that was faster than Jess's run in the semis, it was kind of like oh like that was like three seconds faster than she went in the semis. Can she like improve on that further? And uh, it was just such like a flawless clean run, um, like a couple of seconds faster than the silver medal as well, which is a, obviously like a huge time difference in in this event. So just. Just props to Jess for um, being able to pull it off after there must have been added pressure too after losing like the K1 and knowing like this is like my last chance like for uh, three years until I might get another shot at Paris. And I absolutely loved her comments when she admitted that, you know, she she didn't have a very good few days. You know, she's, as, as kind of keep saying, she just seems like such like a likable person, but she said that even she struggled since the other day when she didn't get that one. So... I mean, it was just such a great effort for her to do that. And, yeah, as you said, uh, the, the Brit, Mallory Franklin, who got second. I mean, what better way to win the goal by beating a Brit? I mean, seriously. I mean, it could have been a Brit, could have been a New Zealander. Who cares? But we beat one of them. Uh, and a German by the name of Andrea Herzog got the bronze. Not quite Ricarda Funk, but uh, still, I mean, Herzog, maybe related to a great Survivor player. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, great event. I, 
love it. And of course, we've got um, uh, what's his face in the men's tomorrow? Who qualified second? So uh, who knows? Could be, get another medal there. But our other gold today uh, in the men's two hundred meter breaststroke. As you heard at the beginning, and as I already said, as Basil Zemplis, our Lord Mayor Extreme, said, uh, it's time to go gobbledygook for Zach Stubbledy Cook. The greatest name in swimming lived up to his star billing for an Olympic record gold medal for him. And just such a calm and collected guy. This guy's just chill. He just won an Olympic gold medal. And he's just like, yeah, cool, won a gold medal. Even they interviewed his girlfriend and his mum. They just say, yeah, cool, he just won a gold medal. I mean, great result. Our first uh, men's gold medalist of the games as well. So, uh, yeah, Zach Stubbledy Cook. What a name and what a swimmer. Yeah, such a good swimmer as well. Like, the come from behind victory, which is kind of becoming, I feel like all nearly all of our medals have, have come that way in the pool. Like, it's never been we've been leading apart from the, the women's relay. In all the individual events, we've been behind until that final lap. Um, and this one too, like the fact that so many of them were swimming so fast, so early, and then just coming back to the field and just getting that touch on the wall was just, um, oh, it was such a good win. I believe he made about two seconds up on that last 50, which was incredible uh, for him to do that. But uh, great result for him. And it was also some other medals for us in the pool today. The uh, the 100 freestyle. Oh, how close was that? A fingernail. Uh, you talk about come from behind. Kyle Chalmers stormed home and it looked like he had it. Thorpey thought he had it. I thought he had it. I was watching that. That was just before uh, we were at the sailing, uh, Colin and I. We were watching it live on our monitors and uh, I called it. I thought he had it. And then uh, Caleb Dressel took the gold in an Olympic record and uh, for Russian Olympic Committee, Clement Kolosnikov took the bronze. And I should also mention in the uh, 200 breast that Arno Kaminga, silver for the Netherlands, and Matti Matson, Finland, first medal for the game for the Finns. I love a good Finnish medal, so it was good to see that. But, uh, yeah, the 100, I mean, so close for Kyle Chalmers. I mean, as he, and again, the humbleness of him to straight away go, oh, I swam half a second faster than I did in Rio. Uh, you know, like straight away, like he knows that. But, uh, I mean... It's great. I, I'm 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 fine with the silver for Kyle. I mean, it would have been nice for a gold, but I, I don't know if this was one of those ones that I think anyone really kind of expected him to potentially go back to back and to be six, you know, hundreds away from going back to back. He's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think a great result considering the circumstances too. Like we heard from him afterwards that if it had, if the games had gone ahead like a year ago, he wouldn't have been there. Um, so the fact that he did his rehab in like such a short amount of time and the fact that it was only a touch. I did love the um, Thorpey line of, oh, if he'd been drawn into a different lane, he might have won that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, coming, think- Jared. There's plenty of discussion <laughs> points about reactions today from Australian media. Don't don't worry. Everything considered, no, nah, it was a great result. And I'm, I mean, I'm over the moon that uh, we've bumped up that uh, silver medal tally. Well, you called it. <laughs> you did. There it was. I mean, is this, a, is this a, again, is it the YoPro bro curse broken? I mean, again, it's not gold, but I mean, it's better than what Barty did. I mean, she's playing right now, so we may be jumping ahead there. But, uh, you know, is it, is it broken, do you think? Is silver good enough? Mm, kind of. <laughs> it, I feel like it's hard to judge because there was so, like, like, few athletes for this. Like, the fact that it was just, like, the three. Yeah. And obviously, like... Kyle's done great. Barty's done terrible so far. We'll see how the uh, mixed doubles pans out. Um, so maybe it's going to have to come down to uh, Brendan Stark in the high jump to see whether uh, the curse is alive and well or broken. We should mention we are recording this at the moment as the mixed doubles is on and uh, Barty and Piers are locked in a super tiebreaker right now against the Greek pairing. 
after taking the first set. So the winner of this goes into the semi. So Jared might be slightly distracted here. He loves his tennis. And uh, oof, and it's one all at the moment in the super tiebreaker. So uh, the the one two again that um, maybe I feel we talked ourselves up a little bit here with this one, the four by two hundred meter freestyle relay. Uh, the way people talked about this, Channel Seven, everyone, we were expected to lap everyone. I feel with this one, this was a lock. This was you know we were winning this one. Uh, I don't think we led this race at one point at all, um, but we got a bronze, which. I, I, again, any medal at an Olympics is great. Yes, you've got to admit watching something like this, you are going to be disappointed as a, as a supporter, as somebody who gets into the hype. But like once it kind of calms down, you're like, okay, well, it's still a medal. It's still a, a medal for Australia. Um, and I don't think anyone partic- uh, predicted China to win this event. They won in a world record time. The US came through for the silver. Everyone was ahead of the world record time that Australia previously held, which was absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, it was actually a quite entertaining race. Sometimes the 4x2 can be a bit uh, mundane, I feel. I mean, the, the men's was quite exciting the other day to see Australia get the bronze. But, uh, yeah, I again, we'll talk about sort of the media and the reaction to a lot of these results today shortly. But, uh, I mean, again, another bronze for Australia. We, we, got, the, we got all colours today in the pool, gold, silver and bronze. And obviously, Jess gave us another gold. So, I mean... If you had have said at any point during the Olympics you're going to walk away with two gold, a silver, and a bronze on day six, you'd probably take that and not be disappointed. Yeah, I think too, like the the fact that the fastest three teams all went under the world record, like you can't be disappointed there. Any other given day or event, you've won it with the time that the Aussie girls swam. So um, I think that just shows the level of the Olympics. And in a final, really anything's possible because they're all pushing each other to, to just go faster and to reach that next level. We should mention for Canada uh, a bronze today in the rowing and uh, the one that we sort of uh, called and talked a little bit last night, Kaylee Filmer and Hilary Jansen's in the women's coxless pair. And I, I don't live there anymore, but I spent a, a year of my life in Victoria and I have spoken to Kaylee, a local girl there. As I said last night on the show, she uh, trained uh, on a lake about five minutes from where I first lived there. So um, I think maybe she won the medal because she didn't come on the show, let's be honest. Uh, but great to see. I caught the end of that just as I turned on the TV. TV this morning so a bronze for for Canada today obviously we don't have Colin's reaction to that but Jared let's get your Canadian p- perspective how great is this for Canada to win a bronze in rowing this morning oh well I mean Canada's over the moon what did Colin say rowing's their national sport pretty much <laughs> yeah, um, <bugger> ice hockey. <laughs> yeah national holiday for Canada tomorrow um clearly Colin's athlete of the day uh, next time he's on the show um, yes <laughs> But yeah, I mean, a great result, bronze for any nation, bronze for Canada, even better. I should mention I, I'm wearing my gold, my Tokyo again. I got my new shirt today in the mail, my uh, Aussie Olympic team, so I've got to wear that off. Um, Penny Alexiak was part of the 4x200 relay team that uh, ended up finishing fourth. Uh, so uh, nearly a history-making moment there for Canada. Of course, Colin, uh, unavailable tonight. He said he would have come on for five minutes to talk about Penny's groundbreaking moment, but she's into the final of the 100 metres tomorrow, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit, uh, a chance to defend that. Any medal will, of course, make Penny Alexiak the single greatest Canadian Olympian in the history of the Olympics. We should also celebrate a little fact, too, to our dear old neighbours across the Dutch, Jared, because New Zealand have a gold! New Zealand have finally broken through for that elusive gold. They've got half of Tasmania's medal count now. The women's Coxes pair, that uh, the same race that Canada got bronze in, it was won by a New Zealand pair of Grace Prendergast and Kerry Gowler. 
Uh, I was too concerned of watching the Canadians win the bronze and it took me a few minutes to realise that New Zealand had won a gold. We we make fun of them. We, we rip into them. But again, on a personal level, I lived there for 18 months. I, I, I like the Kiwis as much as I like to make fun of them. I mean, how do you feel about New Zealand winning a gold medal? Uh, yeah, I'm happy for them. I mean, it's it's better than the Brits. So, I, like, it's kind of that different type of rivalry between Australia and the Brits and Australia and New Zealand. Um, so... I think, yeah, definitely happier for New Zealand than I would have been happier if, if a Brit had won. Before I talk about some other significant medals today, 6-3 up Australia now in the soup. How are you feeling, Jared? Um, I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm just having flashbacks to uh, the women's doubles Ooh. and the fact that they lost it in a super tie break. So I'm just... Um, I don't know. Buddy's got a nice point there at the net, though. So it's 7-3. So, uh, ooh, uh, Jared might be distracted here slightly while we uh, go through this. Let's let's just stick with it here. Like, I just I think we should uh, not necessarily commentate it, but uh, I'm just I feel like we're going to be too distracted. Greece is serving here right now, and oof, that's a nice little shot. Are you are you a doubles or a singles man, Jared? Uh, I play a bit of both, so um, either or. I think singles. I mean, that's kind of a bit more fun because you get all the glory. Um, but there's nothing like a good doubles point that has like all four players involved and, and the players at Ned and volleying back and forth. I, I played tennis for about a year or two and I was always the doubles guy. Oh, a shot there from Piers at the net. Eight, four. Oh, Jared. Now, how are you close. feeling? Two points away here from a semis final spot. The number one seeds here, the Greeks too, aren't they? Mm. So this is a... A pretty interesting one. Is there ever any sledging going on here as they change sort of ends as they walk past? Like I feel like I'd walk past and I'd just be like, hey, guys, you're going to be going eating some souvlaki tonight. You guys suck. Like, you know. Surely not often, but, um, I mean, there was the famous incident where the uh, Argentinian spat at uh, Hewitt on the change of ends. So I remember that. Every now and then. Now, Bandian, right, was it, or was it a different player? I think it was Chayla. Okay. I just, I, I think Argentinian tennis players, I think of now Bandian. Who doesn't? Now Bandian's the one who uh, kicked the um, wooden box around the lines people's legs right. and oh, then cut the guy's that. leg open. Pease loves his net play. <sighs> so good. It's nine four, five match points here. Wow. I'm glad I was watching this. This is, uh, I mean, if we if we choke from here, I don't want to put the commentator. I mean, we're not commentating. We're just, we're simply observing here. Sorry to take this brief break in transmission because obviously by the time you are listening to this, people will be well aware that Barty and Piers probably choked from here. So um, remember this moment in time when they had five match points and that was a fault there. Come on, get it, give it to us on a double here. Make it easy. Australia's about to go off. Haven't won a tennis medal since Athens. And, uh, oh, that was an easy one. Piers, Piers, Piers left the gap open there, didn't he, Jared? Yeah, got to be covering the line. Now, um, what's his name here? Sit, sit, how do you say his name? Sitsipas. Sitsipas, thank you. I'm not sure about the hairstyle. What are you, what are you thinking of the hairstyle? You're not, you're not a fan of the ponytail? No, 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 not, not at all. I think if you've got long he hair. Pull, yeah, I think he pulls it off better with the headband. you got long hair, just let it out. Let it out, man. We don't need man buns. We don't need ponytails. Oh, good serve there from uh, Mrs. Grease. She's, uh, she's a little unit, isn't she? See Alicia Mollock in there. Our bronze medalist from Athens. Mm -hmm. I love Alicia. She's one of the first Australian tennis players I think I ever saw play live when she used to come down here to Hobart. She won here in Hobart one year. She was the second Australian. I think we had another Australian win at one point. All right. 
Australia serving now. 9-6. Again, don't want to commentate. Don't want to jinx them. Oh, good serve there. Is that going to go out? Boom. Oh, there it is. They're in the semis, Jared. Australia is <laughs> in the semis. Look at him. Jared's pumped. <laughs> the Ash party, Piers party, bugger mm -hmm. the Storm Sanders party. Great. Neo Pro Mojo. I'm not going to call it yet, but uh, it's teetering in the opposite direction. Wow. Bad mojo to good mojo. The happiest I think I've ever seen Jared. I, I'm not even joking. Uh, I mean, I've seen him happy over over Eurovision before. But, uh, wow, Channel 7 are quick to get away from that and go straight to the water polo, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they do not give two shits that Australia just won. Uh, in the water polo, by the way, we are, I think, getting spanked by Serbia uh, quite significantly. This is the, uh, the reigning... Olympic champions, so um, we'll update you on that. But I'm just actually, again, we're recording this a little bit earlier tonight, so there's still plenty of events on. I'm looking right now at the women's 200 back, and our girl Kaylee McEwen right now uh, is in second, and Kylie Mass as well in the in the pool. I didn't realize she was doing the 200. I thought she was only doing the uh, four by one medley, the mixed one. So uh, another off the podium special here. And uh, I'll get too distracted. We'll see how um, Kaylee's doing here. I, I mean, just while while we're watching this, or while I'm watching this, uh, speaking of Eurovision, uh, significant day for one of our, no, let's not say one of, our favourite Eurovision nation. We have a first-time Olympic medal country winning team of San Marino, Alessandra Pirelli in the women's trap. Unfortunately, it came at the expense of an Australian, but if you're going to not get a medal, you're going to give it to San frickin' Marino, Jared. What a win. Yeah, such a good win. Uh, Valentina will be celebrating back home. Uh, San Marino's population of one. Uh, big party in Valentina's backyard tonight. Do, do you think that maybe that Alessandro is, is, a, is a chance to perform at Eurovision next year? Like, I mean, they've got about two singers. She might be able to sing away with a gun. I think it's it's definitely a possibility. And if she's not the one singing... How about some live trap shooting on stage? Hey, I'm all for live trap shooting. In all seriousness, we'll talk about the shooting shortly, but shooting is actually an underrated spectacle of a sport to watch. I mean, you think to yourself, how is shooting exciting? It's people shooting stuff. But, like, it's nerve-wracking. Like, I mm. was almost shaking as much as the Jess race today. It was. It's, it's so nerve-wracking to watch it. Uh, it's kind of like archery. Like, they're, they're both, on paper, boring sports, but they're actually really fun to watch, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, it's just so like you're living on every every single shot. And speaking of every single shot, uh, Kayla McEwen has just won her heat and Kylie Mass has come second. So uh, look at that, the uh, off the podium Quinella once again. So uh, Kayla McEwen has won heat too there. Um, we'll go through some of the other medal results today, though, from what we have already talked about. As Jared is uh, still catching his breath excitement. I mean, you've just won. Uh, Piers and Barty is one. Jared's having a good day today. Um, I mentioned the C1. We've got uh, the fencing team's foil is happening as we speak. Uh, Italy has won the bronze. And that's a bad game for Italy in fencing. Traditional fencing nation. That's not even me being a dick. They really are. And uh, yet to win a gold in the fencing. So uh, still a few events to come in there, but we'll have to see how they go. The women's artistic individual all round in the gymnastics is happening as we speak. So we might have a result for you by the end of that. We've got a double gold for Japan again in the judo. The men's 100 kilos, Aaron Wolf winning that one, and the 78 kilos, Shori Hamada took that one out. I believe there was a Canadian in the men's judo who lost in the bronze medal bout um, to a Portuguese uh, judoko, so uh, unfortunately Canada couldn't add there. 
The rowing, um, as we mentioned, uh, New Zealand won the gold in the Coxless Pair. Croatia in the Coxless Pair for men uh, took the gold in there ahead of Romania and Denmark. Ireland won their first gold of the games. And tell me if these aren't the most stereotypical Irish names you've ever heard. Fintan McCarthy and Paul O'Donovan uh, took the gold in that one ahead of Germany and Italy. Uh, and the women's lightweight double skulls, Italy took the gold ahead of France and the Dutch. Uh, the shooting in the men's gold went to the Czech Republic's Jiri Liptak, uh, head of his countrymen, uh, David Kostetli, and Britain got the bronze in that one in the women's trap. And we'll talk about this when we come to our Australian results. The gold went to Slovakia's Zuzena Rek Stefkova, uh, beating American Kaylee Browning and our esteemed new favourite athlete, Alessandra Pirelli, for San Marino, the bronze. In the uh, swimming events today, uh, as we've already mentioned, uh, Zach Stubley-Cook, Caleb Dressel, and China winning the relay as well. Um, China also got the gold in the 200 butterfly with Yufei Zhang taking that gold. And in the men's 800 freestyle, the very first time that has ever been held at an Olympic Games, Robert Fink uh, won the gold there for the U.S., and in the table tennis, I can tell you that China will win gold and China will win silver as the final will be between two Chinese table tennis players. Who they will be, we will have to find out soon. Uh, but that means that the medal table is looking very good right now, Jared, if you are an Australian, because uh, we are currently sitting pretty in fourth right now um, ahead of our dear rivals, Rock. Uh, we have won eight gold, two silver, ten bronze. And just to put that into perspective, we have now won as many gold medals as we did in Rio and also in London, and we are not even halfway. Boy, oh boy, wowee, aren't Channel 7 talking that up, thinking this is going to be a massive thing. Uh, but, I mean, again, the swimming does end in a few days. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, um, how, are you, how are you feeling now? I mean, it's, it's nice to equal our haul from uh, the last two Olympics. But, again, I mean... There's still a few realistic chances that we've got. At least in the swimming, there's still a couple. And there's some other the non-swimming ones that you could think. But, I mean, I don't think we're going for a haul here of, like, 25 all of a sudden, as I think Channel 7 are pointing out. No, I don't think uh, the, the gold total is going to be doubled by any means. Um, but you'd have to think we've got a good shot of picking up at least one or two more in the pool. And then, like you said, there's others outside the pool who have their chances. There's always a surprise Aussie win thrown in somewhere. So, um, yeah, I feel like we still got a couple more up our sleeve. Yeah. And I mean, our, our last time we got into the double digits was back in Beijing where we won 14 gold. So yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. I think we should get to double digits. I'm, I'm predicting that, but I'm not sure if my, uh, 54 total, I think you had 54 total as well is going to be reached, but, uh, hey, you never know. Uh, there's still plenty of time to win some of those minor medals. Uh, top of the medal table, uh, China, 15 gold, 7 silver, 9 bronze, 31 in total. The host, Japan, still doing very well, 15 gold, 4 silver, 5 bronze, 24. US in third, 13 gold, 14 silver, 10 bronze, 37. They're leading the medal table if you do the Ben Waterworth method of uh, doing it by total medals. Australia, as I said, in fourth, Iraq. In fifth, seven gold, 11 silver, eight bronze, 26. So you know if Rock wins another gold, and they probably will in the gymnastics tonight, then uh, we're going to be straight back down to fifth, but that's fine. And uh, the Brits are uh, sitting outside the top five, which is where we like it. Canada are currently in 12th, uh, and they, of course, have two gold, three silver, five bronze. New Zealand have moved up into equal 21st place, everyone. Uh, they're tied with the Czech Republic, one gold, two silver, 
and a bronze. Tasmania equals 16th with Kosovo on the medal tally at the moment. Two gold, zero silver, zero bronze. Not too sure where New South Wales would be, Jared. I'm assuming they'd probably be a, a lot higher. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm guessing some of the relay girls are probably from New South Wales. Um, Kayla McEwen, is she, is she a Queenslander or a New South Welshman? Welsh woman? Uh, I'm not sure, but I mean, Jess Fox is like the stereotypical New South Wales poster child. So, uh, yes. Well, the, I mean, that's all you want. You want Jess to, to come through with that one, don't you, of course? Um, so I might actually just uh, do a weird way of doing the orders of this today just while I try and actually get the Canada results up. So I'll throw to you, Jared, and ask you the question of what did you watch today? I'm very intrigued to find out what you did watch today. I didn't actually get to catch a lot today. Um, obviously, a bit of the swimming in the morning, um, the uh, canoe slalom, uh, followed by some golf because I just needed something to calm me down. It's like, oh, what's up? Oh, here we go, golf. That won't, <laughs> that's not going to get the heart rate pumping. Um, and a little bit of the, uh, the BMX as well, which was really good. Look, I got to say, I caught some of the golf. Uh, that may be something that we may be uh, talking about more tomorrow, uh, of course, as you heard our little uh, thing of what we were doing for commentary. Um, and look, it's not like. Golf is a sport I don't mind playing. Like, my dad plays golf all the time, and he's always trying to get me out there to, to play with him. And, like, when I've played golf, it's it's not bad. Like, I can see maybe the relaxation appeal of it. Like, it's just a nice social game you can play with some friends. I get that. But when it comes to a spectator sport, it's it's not, like, sometimes I'll see, like, my dad, go to my dad's, and he'll be watching golf. I'm like, cool, you're watching golf, Dad. That seems exciting. Um, so I, I don't know that one, but like, I don't know. There was just something I like, I like some of these guys' hairstyles. Obviously, uh, Zach Smith is quite uh, prominent there. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I still think there's some worse sports. I, I still controversial opinion. I'd probably still watch the golf over the skateboarding. How, how is, uh, how is that for a controversial opinion? I think it's 50, 50 between the two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, maybe we'll have to, uh, go, go to the jury and see how that goes. But yeah, watched some of the rowing this morning, obviously the swimming, got some golf, caught a bit of the BMX. Uh, that was quite entertaining. I do like the BMX, uh, golf, as I said, uh, the canoeing, of course, the shooting, uh, love, love me some shooting. Um, obviously watch a bit of the tennis while we're just here on air as well. And I caught the rugby sevens as well. Uh, do like the rugby sevens. And I think I'm a bit more of a fan of the women's rugby sevens than the men's and not just for the reasons you're thinking. Um, it's, I don't know. There's just something interesting. I mean, I was watching, uh, the team GB, not just great Britain, team GB, uh, nearly beat the, uh, the raging favorites, New Zealand, but they, uh, ended up getting overrun and we'll talk about Australia and our connection. Of course, one of our guests involved in a pretty big day. Uh, but I mean, do you, do you enjoy the, the, the rugby? I don't know. We couldn't really, t- we talked a little bit about it last night, obviously with Fiji, cause a certain person on this episode didn't want to be spoiled, but, uh, yeah. Do you, do you enjoy watching the rugby? Yeah. I think the rugby sevens is good because it's kind of that. I almost want to say it's like the sweet spot between like union and league. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, yeah, a lot more happens than I've like, I've never been a big rugby union fan. I find it pretty slow. But in this, I, it's obviously less players on the field, so there's more room to break through and score tries. And the fact that the halves two are like, they're really short, which I didn't notice before. Yeah, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, it's, it's already like half time. So 
I think that too, like the pace of the game is exciting and fun and it's something that it's not going to take ages out of your day to watch. Just just a quick little uh, update here on the uh, swimming, the 4 by one medley, uh, mixed medley, the first time this has ever been happened, uh, is happening as we speak. And Canada in their first heat only went fifth. So unless we've got a very slow second heat here, Canada might miss out on a uh, spot there. So uh, that could be a bit of the off-the-podium curse. Kylie probably, I'm assuming, would get the backstroke nod there for Canada, but maybe she was being rested for the heats, given that she just came around the 200. But the Australian uh, final uh, heat, I should say, is happening. I, I like these mixed events. I kind of, uh, I just, I feel like they make sense. I know they've had them in the Youth Olympics for quite some time. But, I mean, the Youth Olympics take it a step further. They have mixed uh, nationalities, of course. They, they have, you know, Australia could be with Canada and Italy and, and China all together. Um, but, I mean, are you a fan of them introducing? Because we've got this in athletics as well. We've got a mixed 4 by 100 relay as well. Yeah, I think it adds like an element of like intrigue and it's interesting to see like if you have like the men and women like in the pool at the same time and there's a strategy of who's going to swim kind of what leg. Um, so I think it it adds in a lot more room for lead changes throughout. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like an obvious idea in something like swimming and athletics where it's not like, like it's, it's a full program, but obviously there's space to fit it in. Um, so I just think why not? Well, we're seeing right now Australia uh, look like we're about to head into the first turn. Not quite in the lead. I'm sure, uh, as we'll talk about at some point, Channel 7 probably say they're in the lead, but uh, that's a whole other story. Um, Okay, Canadian results, and we'll go through Australian results as well. As we mentioned, the medal came for Canada today in the rowing, uh, Kelly Filmer and Hilary Janssens. It was Canada's first medal in that event since Barcelona in 1992. Uh, so there you go. Uh, in other events, uh, a couple of Canadians were in the semis and the B finals. Um, Penny Alexiak, uh, as I said, part of the four by two that ended up finishing fourth. Uh, Penny Alexiak is through to the final of the 100 freestyle, which I'm sure we'll talk about very, very shortly. Uh, Canada's hope in the artistic gymnastics tonight. Ellie Black has unfortunately withdrawn uh, due to an injury in training, but uh, they will be represented by Brooklyn Moores, the Brooklyn Moores tonight. So uh, there you go. In the team foil, um, Canada went out in the quarterfinals. Uh, so they actually finished fifth. Uh, in the fifth place bout, beating the host nations Japan, uh, their best ever result in uh, women's foil team fencing. So congratulations, Canada. Great to see you there. Um, and Shady El Nahas, the men's 100 kilos in judo, as I mentioned, uh, went out in the bronze medal match to uh, Jorge Fonseca of Portugal. Uh, Michelle Lee in badminton has advanced from group play with a 2 nothing record. Uh, she faced world number three, Nozima Okahara of Japan in the round of 16, and she lost 2 nothing. So, uh, But apparently, Canada's best ever result in badminton, equaling that. So, I bet you're happy for that one, Jared. You loved your badminton yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, very happy for them. I, that's one of those ones where the sport of badminton is a real winner, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. When Canada can make it to the round of 16, you know you're in for a treat. Uh, just an update on the swimming here, Australia. We're also struggling a little bit here. Heading into the 300-meter uh, on the butterfly leg, we're in about fourth place here. So who's our 100-meter swimmer here? Have they, have they put Kate to work ahead of tomorrow? Uh, have they put Emma in there ahead of tomorrow? I don't think they would want to waste their energy ahead of uh, the 100-meter final tomorrow. Maybe we've got Bronte or somebody, Jared. Who do you think? Oh, well, you know us uh, arrogant Australians. Surely we've chucked <laughs> in our B team in a heat. <laughs> 
Well, we're gaining on Russia. So China, we, China, and the relays all of a sudden have just, uh, mm. you know, I mean, I mean, are we gonna maybe throw some uh, shade at them and suspect that they've uh, been drinking certain juices during the week? I, I don't know, Jared. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one when all of a sudden you're winning relays, but you don't seem to be doing as well in uh, individual events. Yeah, maybe the uh, the shipment of the Pfizer came through or something like that. But uh, Australia's coming back here at the moment. We should be in the top three at this turn right now. Final turn, uh, third place right now. Uh, Italy, what does Italy have to do with swimming? I'm, I just, I'm, I'm shocked. Oh, we've got this now. Whoever this is, I, I don't know who this is. I should have looked up the start list, and I know we're distracted here, but, oh, we're storming home now. Australia will take this. I hope this isn't one of our uh, two finalists in the 100 tomorrow because that's the only event we've got finalists in tomorrow. That looks like Kate. Maybe that is Kate. Maybe she's going to uh, she's gonna pip it here. She's going to pip the Chinese swimmer. No, second, but that should get us through to the final. So, anyway, um, beach volleyball, one of Canada's uh, big hopes, of course, Sarah Pavan and Melissa Human paredes are uh, undefeated in the group stage and they've topped their pool and they will go through to the round of 16 uh, while Heather Bansley and Brandy Wilkinson will face uh, world number ones, Agatha and Duda of Brazil in their final pool C match. They got one all records and uh, could potentially make it through. I've got a funny thing about uh, Pavan and Humana Paredes. I sent a little video in our chat, which I will have to mention uh, rugby sevens, Canada, of course, are the reigning bronze medalists. Uh, but uh, they didn't do so well in their second game. They lost 26-12 to Fiji, but they beat Brazil 33-zip, and they take on France tomorrow, and uh, hopefully we'll get through to the quarterfinals. Uh, Basketball, Canada had a good win over South Korea today in the women's basketball, 74-53. BMX, uh, Drew Matchison and James Palmer were in the quarterfinals in both the men's and the women's. Matchison fourth in her heat and is in through to the semis, while Palmer is unfortunately out. Golf, our favourite sport, uh, Mark Pearson. Uh, sorry, that's a hockey player. Wrong one. I'm looking here. Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes uh, are tied 20th at two under par, six strokes back from the leader. Um, and in the hockey, as I think, uh, was it last night Colin mentioned or was this today? Maybe talked to him about this earlier. 9-1. They got spanked by Belgium. And uh, unfortunately, they're not going to go through there. Uh, there's sailing going on. That's good. Uh, Linda Jekko. Uh, was in the women's 25-meter pistol. She's 41st after the qualification period. So there you go. Um, what? Who's your standout performer from all of those, Jared, outside of the medal winning? I mean, God, it's like it's just Canada going everywhere, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be the hockey team, right? Yeah. 9-1 bothering, against Belgium. Respectable. Bothering to, yeah, bothering to hit in a goal. I'll tell you one thing. If Australia lost 9-1 to Canada in ice hockey, we'd be celebrating that. So um, uh, just uh, quickly, the the Canada has not made the 4x100 mixed medley final. So, uh, wow. Uh, I predicted that was a Kylie Mass lock, and uh, luckily she's gone through in the 200 back. So, uh yeah, the the old cursor Rooney might be coming through there. Um, all right, Australia. Uh, let's go through this archery. Uh, we had actually a pretty good day in archery today. Taylor Worth uh, is through to the quarterfinals, winning winning his uh, round of thirty two and his round of sixteen matches. So good for him. As is Ryan Tyak. Uh, actually, no, sorry, he's been eliminated in the round of sixteen. He made it through to the round of sixteen, but uh, we'll have one Australian represented in the quarterfinals there, which is a good result. Uh, as we've kind of mentioned uh, a little bit with Taylor Worth, he of course is a bronze medalist from. Rio. Did you catch any of the archery? I think I just saw like two seconds of it when I was looking channels at one point. 
I didn't. I'll have to catch it next time it's on. I feel like I haven't watched enough about this game. Such a great sport. I just, I really love archery. It's one of like that's that's one of those ones when they talk about you know Basil and all that. Oh, that kids are going to be watching and they're into this in Brisbane. Like seriously, watching Simon Fairweather in Sydney made me want to take up archery. Like I really wanted to do it, and clearly I'm not competing at the Olympics, so obviously I didn't. But um, that was just one of those random events which I never thought I would get into, and I loved it. That was probably my favorite gold medal of Sydney 2000. Um, in the uh, canoe slalom. Oh, I think we won a gold medal. Yes, Jess Fox. There she is. Good for her. Um, we, I believe both our riders in the BMX uh, through to the quarterfinals. Uh, sorry, the semis and the finals, which, of course, are happening tomorrow. Uh, which, if they will come up for me... Because we, we got a lot of um, lovely stories, didn't we, about... Mm. Uh, how do you say her name? Saka Kabira? Say a Saka, yep. Saka Kabira? Because, uh, of course, her brother was uh, one of our best-ranked ones and had a pretty horrific injury last year. Uh, Lauren Reynolds as well, I believe, is through as well. Yes, she is. And in the men's, uh, Anthony Dean is not through. So, uh, unfortunately, but our two girls representing us tomorrow in the finals. Um, fencing, obviously, we don't have a team. Uh, hockey, uh, at the time of recording this, Australia will play New Zealand tonight. Uh, the Hockey Roos, that's women's hockey tonight. The Hockey Roos aiming to aim uh, undefeated. Rowing, we had a bunch of people in the B finals, but uh, do we really care about the B finals? I don't. Uh, so after yesterday, that kind of went that way. In the rugby, uh, Australia spanked Japan 48 nothing, and uh, I thought it was a bit of a boil over happening uh, in the, the Chinese game because we went behind quickly, but then we came through... 26 to 10. Our girl Charlotte Caslick got a couple of tries uh, in both games and uh, was looking quite strong. Nearly stopped the first try there from China actually as well. But uh, we're cheering on Charlotte ahead of uh, hopefully some uh, further progression tomorrow. I will say in the sailing, uh, we actually do have, I believe, in the laser class, uh, a leader in that one. Uh, now, you're nodding at me there, Jared. That made a bit of news today. So sailing's kind of one of these ones where... Again, we literally don't give a shit about it until we realise we're probably about to win a medal. And uh, I believe, if I can uh, get the results up here today, our sailor in this won both races today to take the lead. So, um, yeah, uh, his name is Matt Wern, and yes, he is leading the race right now. So, uh, I mean, you've got to at least win one sailing gold. That generally happens every Olympics, doesn't it? Yeah, I feel like there's that many events that it, it feels like it's a lock that yeah, we get one gold out of it each time the Olympics come around. Now, shooting-wise, we you and I talked up the trap, uh, the, the the women's trap, of course, Catherine Skinner, the reigning champion in that. And uh, given that she came on off the podium after she won the gold, clearly she didn't qualify for the Games. But um, it was heartbreak. Letitia Scanlon, who I actually remember uh, her, she was the, the leading qualifier for the final back in Rio and ultimately didn't medal. Catherine Skinner won that. Uh, she was looking so good for a medal. She, I think, went on about a seven-shot run there at one point and was, uh, you know, really close uh, to the lead. And basically, when it came down to uh, making the top three, she had to hit one shot from her last two to make it. And I think she missed both of them. So, uh, unfortunately, she finished fourth and you could just literally see the devastation on her face from fifth to fourth. So she's going to win a bronze in Paris by the looks of things. Um, and Penny Smith also made the final, but she was first eliminated. I mean, 
heartbreak for Letitia. I mean, it's, it, I feel unfortunate for our shooters because, I mean, these generally are people that we only ever hear about when it comes to the Olympics. But, I mean, yeah, wow, that that's heartbreaking for her the way she went out. Yeah, to perform so well throughout and then for it just to come down to, like, as you said, like one or two targets and just have a bad round, it's just... It is disappointing, but like you said, the silver lining is that San Marino were the uh, position that stepped into that bronze medal spot. And in the men's, uh, we had two shooters, James Willett and Derek Thomas, both did not advance through to the final. Uh, Swimming, we've already gone over the medal results and uh, some of the ones, obviously, that we talked about. We'll probably talk about some of the finals. I've actually only got one finalist tomorrow, but uh, we'll talk about that after. Tennis, the big news the Barty party continues with Piers. We're through to the semifinals in the mixed doubles. I believe we have never won a medal in mixed doubles. I would go out on a limb and say I think it's only ever been doubles and singles, which is the other two anyway. Um, but we're playing, now I'm looking here, uh, our rock pair of uh, A. Rublev and A. Pavlachenkova. Can you tell me anything about our esteemed rock competitors here? The number four seeds. Yeah, well, they're both good singles players in their own right. Um, but it's it's always interesting in, in the Olympics, the fact that I suppose the doubles teams and just the way that it works out aren't necessarily double specialists and it's more so we'll just chuck in our highest ranked players. And it feels like really, particularly with the, the men this year, it's like the, men, the top male singles players will play the men's singles and then opt for the mixed doubles rather than the men's doubles. Cause I think it gives them a bit more of a, of a break um, between matches because with the mixed doubles starting later and being less rounds. Um, so yeah, it will just be how they kind of combine together. Obviously they've done well to make it to the semis, but uh, you would think that um, Buddy and Piers have a lot more doubles experience. So um, hopefully that will be the difference. It's able to get them into that gold medal match. Now, given that tennis, of course, has only really been back at the Olympics since 1988, uh, I'm not sure how we went back in sort of the uh, the old days. But if I'm not mistaken, and I think my mind is correct here, that we've only ever won medals, uh, at least gold, through the Woodies, of course, back in Atlanta. They got the silver in Sydney, and then Alicia Mollock got the bronze in Athens. Uh, so one gold, one silver. We've won three bronze. I'm guessing did our two other bronzes come from back in the... The old days of tennis, Jared, or am I missing someone here? Um, I feel like they must have because I can't, like, I can't recall anything recently. Yeah, I know Yelena Dokic made the bronze medal match in Sydney, but she lost. Um, oh, okay, I see here. Oh, come on, Jared, you should have known this. 1912, <laughs> Stockholm, Anthony Wilding took the bronze in the men's singles. Come on, that's one of our most famous ever bronze medal wins in the Olympics. Um, and where is this other bronze coming from? Um, I don't see another bronze. Did we win maybe a bronze in in Korea, potentially, in Seoul or Barcelona? Because they were the only other times. Ever. This is great uh, podcasting here. Ah, okay, we did. Women's doubles in uh, Seoul. Elizabeth Smilly and Wendy Turnbull took the bronze uh, back when they awarded double bronzes. There wasn't a bronze medal match. So uh, equal bronze with Steffi Graf, who of course won the golden singles that year, the golden grand slam and Claudia code Kilsch. And we should mention golden grand slam still on the cards. Novak beat our man, Nikishori, and you're not happy about it. Are you Jared? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> 
as Nadal fan and the whole GOAT debate, it's not ideal, but I mean, credit where credit's due. He just is really playing out of his skin. And um, I mean, Nishikori is definitely on the comeback trail. I feel like not playing as well as he used to, but still to win by like 6-2-6 love or 6-love-6-2, six six whichever way around it was, it's just such an impressive scoreline this late kind of in the tournament. So Djokovic is either going to play uh, Zverev or Chardy. Uh, and then in the other semi, we've got uh, Chazhanov and Kareno Busta, all names that I've heard of. Uh, so, I mean, on paper, I would assume he's got an easy run, but I'll probably just jinx him there. And good news for uh, us is that New Zealand will not win a gold or a silver because uh, uh, Marcus Daniel and Michael Venus went out to our Croatia. But Croatia will have a gold and a silver medal because it's going to be an all-Croatian uh, doubles final in that one. And the women's, you talk about the Ben Waterworth commentary curse. Well, Belinda Bencic is through to the final. Uh, so there you go. She hasn't appeared on this show, so maybe it's just me on this show type of thing, but uh, she will win a gold or a silver medal there, which is uh, pretty exciting. I like her. Um, In the water polo right now, uh, let's uh, see. I think uh, we're getting severely spanked in that one at the moment still. Uh, every time I flick over, it's a replay and the score goes off the screen. Uh, Is that what you're watching at the moment, Jared, or...? I'm not. My last update is five twelve, but that was a while ago. Last time um, I think I saw it was like nine one. So But uh, it was it yeah, it was about thirteen yeah. seven. Thirteen there seven with two minutes to go. Which is respectable to be six Slightly points better, yeah. Serbia. That's not too bad, I I would say. Um I'm gonna throw to athlete of the day. Now look, I'm just gonna jump in and say that, you know, I, I'm tempted to put up our San Marine and San Marinian I don't even know what the other uh, terminology is there. Um, shooter, because we, we love San Marino. It's their first medal. Alessandra Pirelli, great shooter, icon of San Marino. But, I mean, can we go past Jess? Can we go past Jess, Jared? It's not, it's, yeah, it's not possible. I had the same thought. Like, the only other person who was potentially in the realm was, um, yeah, the San, San Marinese, I think it is. <laughs> San um, Marinese, okay. <laughs> shooter. Um, but... Just, just Fox. It was just such an iconic moment. Um, this was one where the coverage was maybe over the top, but it like it felt believable that like the whole of Australia was like watching this, and, and like this was the event, the uh, the Cappy Freeman moment, um, as we said for the um, kayak, but it turned out in the canoe. So um, I think it's a no-brainer. What, what are you talking about, Jared? They did not go over the top. It's not like the presenters on TV open up a bottle of champagne and drunk it live. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's common for every event. I mean, did you not see them getting pissed over Zach Stubbley Cook winning gold today? No, not over the top at all. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about me. I should have asked Colin to send us in a nominee, but he probably would have given me, I don't know, like freaking uh, Michael Phelps or something like that from, you know, Sydney as a 15-year-old or that. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe a bit biased today as the two Australians uh, giving it to Jess. But, uh, no, she deserves it. She deserves it. So, yeah, Jess Fox, athlete. I will say that I, I, I would like to, and maybe I'll, I'll pay a bit more attention, like I feel we shouldn't always give it to a gold medalist. I feel like sometimes, like, you know, we'll give it to somebody out there who's uh, done something a bit different. Uh, no pressure. But um, you know, at the moment, I mean, Jess, Jess, Jess needs it. Go, go, Jess. Um, now, commentary fails and uh, everything along those lines. I got a, I got a bit of a talking point. I just want to. I Colin did send me through 
a few little ones to mention from CBC Fail. So I'll go through these ones now. Um, so he was talking uh, about Sarah Sostrom in the swimming, um, to which there was apparently a commentary line where I, I don't know who this commentator would have been, but they say, and Sostrom is falling out of it. Sostrom is struggling. Something is wrong. Oh, here she is. Uh, <laughs> so that's a pretty funny one. And in the 200-meter relay, the commentary included, and the Chinese are swimming beside themselves right now. I don't think that makes sense, but they are swimming very well. Sounds very Canadian to me. Uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, before we get to some things I've got, did you did you note anything down today at all from our uh, commentary team? No, nothing in particular. Wow. Okay. I'm just going through a few things. Um, I believe it was Jack McLaughlin in the 800 meters today. Don't they love to talk him up? Silver medalist in the in the 400. Uh, there was at one point there, I believe, Basil said, Jack's there, not far off the pace. He was about three body lengths behind, I think, in seventh. Um, I, don't, I don't know why there seems to be some sort of thing that uh, our channel said. We love all three of them, but they sometimes seem to talk it up a little bit there. I did like Liesl Jones's comment, because as we mentioned about Subway Cook, he sort of, Stormed in the final 50 to win the goal, but he was a bit off the pace. And, you know, Basil's like, oh, he's off the pace. Not a good start. Lisa Jones is like, oh, don't be stressed about Zach. He'll come back from here. And, well, Lisa did it. So, good job there. As I said, line of the Olympics, Basil Zemplis. We can all go gobbledygook for Zach Stubbledy-Cook. I mean, seriously, that's that's got to be the winning one. That's almost like the F-bomb and the C-bomb from Joanna. I mean, what would you give it to out of those two? I feel like it's got to be gobbledygook because who thought they would hear that? I know, right? I wonder if Basil's like written that down and gone, okay, if he wins gold or like that's just off the cusp. Like Bruce, off the cusp. Basil probably prepared that. Mm. I really want to live in Perth because, I mean, if that's what he says in his speeches, I- I'm there. Um, I also loved Liesl and uh, Thorpey fighting over Zach being their new favourite athlete. Liesl Jones is like, oh, I love him. He might be my new favourite athlete. And Thorpey's like, well, no, he's my new favourite athlete. He's like, oh, Thorpey. I'd say they're flirting, but we know that probably isn't the case. I'm actually just quickly looking at the Channel 7 coverage right now. And, of course, they're showing about the 80th replay of Zach Selby Cook winning. But they've got um, Hamish McLaughlin and uh, Thorpey looking at their big screen here. And I've got a, got a shout-out to Thorpey's fashion choice here. He's got the kicks on. He's got, like, the black slacks. He's got the grey suit jacket and a shirt and tie with the beard. He's looking good with the beard, Thorpey. What do you think of Thorpey's beard? Yeah, I think it suits him. Yeah, yeah like you say, this is, like, a good, a good head-to-toe look. Yeah, although it kind of looks like maybe he thought it would just be sitting behind a desk. Yeah. But he pulls it off. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Hamish McLaughlin actually must be quite a tall guy because uh, he's kind of on par there with Thorpey. So uh, there you go. I have to say that um, I did like the the commentary of uh, Zach Subbley-Cook because Basil seemed to be struggling at the end there. He's like, another gold for these Australians at these games. <laughs> Like, it wasn't quite, you know, what a superstar, what a champion. It was just like, okay, get it out, Basil. You can do that. Um, I also do love Australia's way of whenever we win a gold, it's let's show the medal tally. It's like, <laughs> there we are. Look at us go. I mean, are they going to be doing this next week when we just are winning bronzes every third day? Um, quickly, quickly going on that for that one. Um, trying to think what else there. Oh, mainly it's. Mainly about complaints, but actually, I wanted to mention Russell Mark in the shooting. Maybe the most Australian guy to be an Australian, but he's brilliant. He's just like, yeah, like I, I won gold, ha 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 ha, 
And then, like, I don't know who the other guy next to him was, but it was like, oh, could you be getting out a comeback maybe? And he's like, well, the Kuwaiti who won a goal the other day was 57 and I'm 57. Ah! Um, I mean, good for him. Um, at least we've got one of our former esteemed uh, champions because wasn't Michael Diamond arrested for, like, gun illegal gun possession or something like that or mm, didn't something yeah. else didn't he have to sell his gold medals because he's like going to he's bankrupt or something something happened it was um yeah i expect that to be kind of the new series on stan or something um <laughs> it was seemed to be a big enough fiasco that they could make a um a, a mini series out of it underbelly diamond well, there's actually, uh, we didn't mention it the other day, that uh, our, I think it's Nathan Bagley's name, our uh, bro- a bronze medalist or a silver medalist from Athens in canoeing, uh, basically got caught as being part of some sort of uh, scam or something to get cocaine into the country and is uh, off to jail for a while. So, um, yeah, not looking too good there. And didn't we have, um, was it Scott Miller as well recently, our former uh, medalist from, I think, Atlanta, got done for a bunch of drugs. So, um you know, that seems to get swept under the rug a little bit from mm. Australian media, doesn't it? Because it's all about the success. It's all Ariane, all sorts of stuff. I've got to talk about just, uh, is it arrogance? Is it cockiness from Australia when it comes to just how things are in, in the Olympics and, and medals or things like that? Like, before I even get to talking about news.com.au, and we have barely even talked about them, can we just talk a little bit about how Channel 7 covers these? And again, Love your Basil, love your Thorpey, love your Liesel. But holy crap, this 4 by 200 metres, did they just basically pencil it in for a gold? They're literally at the beginning of this race going, well, this will be our third gold for Ariane, of course, and it will be our sixth in the pool. Like, literally as they're on the starting blocks, they are talking up about how Ariane will become only, like, the second Australian to win three gold at an Olympics behind Thorpey and Dawn, or maybe it was, like, the fourth, because I think Shane Gould won three as well. Like, just the, the way he was, like, talking it up, and then at the very, like, even in the middle of this race, you've got, I think it was Thorpey saying, like, interesting that China are challenging us. Um, and then they're, they're talking about uh, Katie Ledecky at the end, basically, you know, denying Titmus a gold. This is a whole team here. This is a relay. There are four swimmers, not just Titmus. And then literally at the end, you could hear the absolute devastation in the voice. Oh, and here's a result. And then within two seconds, it goes, what a fabulous result it is to win a bronze medal. Um, And then like the interviewer, when they're interviewing all four of the girls, well, it took a world record to beat you. (laughs) It's like, and then I've got to give props to all four of the girls in the interview because they literally were just all like, yeah, look, you know, we broke our previous result. We're we're happy with this. So humble, so nice. Uh, Ariane said she was a bit disappointed. But before I talk about the other stuff that came with this, because there's even worse stuff around this with news.com.au, I mean, like, I think I've talked about this, how, like, I buy into this Channel 7 hype, and I hate it. Like, I hate getting sucked into it because I literally am at the time, like, Oh, I'm annoyed. I'm disappointed. But then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, well, cool. It's, it's it's a bronze medal. But like, seriously, like, just inflate how eager. We're not America. We shouldn't be going like, oh, well, this will be Ariane's third gold. There was even sass, I think, from Liesel because at one point they sort of uh, accidentally cut to like hearing the Americans being interviewed, and you could audibly hear the Americans say, "We're just so happy we beat Australia." And then you hear like Liesel Jones go, "Oh, America, they're giving us some shade or something like that." Like. It's just frustrating, is it not? Like, I mean, an Olympic bronze medal is nothing to be frowned upon. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I also, it's, it's so hard not to buy into the hype and then you have to really step back and, and get some perspective on the situation of being like, oh, well, these are the best like athletes in the world to even make it there is an achievement. Um, even the way that like Channel 7 will do the whole, um, a bronze medal is nothing to sneeze at, but it always sounds insincere. Yeah. I think they, it's just about getting that level right. Cause you don't want them. I've seen them go in other events too far the other way where you medal and it's like, well, how did that happen? And then all of a sudden afterwards, like, yes. Um, well, as we know, so-and-so was the world champion and, and won this and that. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Like it would have been nice to have some perspective, but it's just about getting it right. It should have been like based on like the heats, the Aussies obviously in lane four going as the favorites. Um, like that's like, that's enough. I could, well, you don't need like the big build up of like, this will be this person's gold. They'll break this record. This will happen. That will happen. Um, I think if anything, hopefully uh, it won't happen, but hopefully they may have learnt somewhat that at the Olympics, really anything can happen, particularly in an event like swimming. Hmm. The majority of the events are just so close. It's a touch on the wall. It's hundreds of a second. It's not often apart from more so the long distance events where you'll get the like body lengths between people. Which, I mean, this goes back to, I think what we talked a little bit about before the Olympics and kind of, you know, a lot of the reason why I say the AOC this time around and not doing predictions, they feel like it puts too much pressure. I mean, again, I remember growing up when Australia, if we, if you had have gone back to the nineties and said we would win eight gold in an Olympic Games, that would be absolutely lauded as an amazing Olympic Games for Australia would have been celebrated because outside of hosting in Melbourne, we, we would never win double digits. We won eight in Rome, I think eight in Munich, uh, and then nine. We peaked at nine in Atlanta. And I remember nine in Atlanta was a huge deal. That was such a celebration. And then sadly, like Sydney kind of ruined it in a way because all of a sudden you win 16 gold medals. And people think, wow. And then we become the first nation ever to win more gold medals at the Games after we hosted by winning 17 in Athens. And then even winning 14 in Beijing, it's kind of like, well, wow, now we've just got these high expectations. But I, I just think that it's nothing to be frowned about. When if we, if we do not win another gold for the rest of these Olympics, eight gold medals is bloody fantastic and we should be celebrating that. And then I've heard a lot of comments on Twitter and everything too where a lot of people will talk about silver and bronze being the minor medals. Now... Yes, technically that is correct. They are the the secondary medals to gold. It's still an Olympic freaking medal. I mean, it's like, should it be called a minor medal? It's an Olympic medal. Tristan Thomason, we had him on a few weeks ago, gave the, the great talk about how he's a world championship bronze medalist, yet nobody ever seems to mention that because they're like, oh, you went to an Olympics and you didn't make the final. He's won a freaking medal at the World Championship. That's still pretty amazing. So, look, it's interesting. And when we get some athletes on after the show, maybe we can bring this up with them more so because it's just, it is that hype. It's just the media around it. And then what makes it worse is when you get dear old news.frickincom.frickinau. Now, let's read their two headlines today that came directly after gold medals had been won by Australia. So, Zach Sudley Cook wins a gold medal for Australia, James Magnuson gets silver. Uh, James Magnuson, no, he never won it. I think he did win the silver, didn't he? But he never won a gold. I'm talking about Kyle Charles. Wow, I'm really going back 10 years. Um, the headline, though, not, nothing to do with let's go gobbledygook with Zach Stubbley Cook. The headline was, What killed Kyle? The pre-race blunder that ruined Aussie gold. I, I mean, seriously? Like, what? 
we we won a gold in another event and we got an Olympic silver. This guy's pretty happy with that. And then the other one, just after Jess Fox has claimed gold, her headline was the second headline on news.com.au. It said historic gold medal for Jess Fox. Yay. But the headline was major stuff up. Arrogant gamble blows up in Australia's face. Australia qualified fast with women's 4x200 freestyle team by three seconds with backups. Then came the A team. And then they go on to talk about how because we led with Ariane Titmus, that cost us the gold. Now, again, arrogance of Australian media here. This is this is ridiculous. This is this is gone into these games with no pressure from the AOC, but then you've got all of this stuff going on there. I mean, news.com.au is about as realistic news site as we are a realistic podcast. But at the end of the day, they are the most read news website in this country, whether you'd like to admit that or not. That's ridiculous, Jared. I mean, that that is just embarrassing. I want to apologise to everyone on behalf of Australia that that is our leading news website because that should not be the lead headline on a double gold day for Australia. Yeah, it's just... It's ridiculous too because... Um, tip, I, I feel like Titmus's split, actually her split time was quite good. Yeah. and you And you can't say... It was arrogant to put in, like, obviously in a funnel, you're going to put in the team that's going to deliver you the best chance of winning. It would be arrogance if this team had swum slower than they, the team in the heats, but they didn't. They swam faster. So, like, what's your argument? Are we talking about the fact that maybe the US and China swam slower to rest their swimmers? You, you, you know, like maybe they did that. And I feel so sorry for Leah Neal, who was the anchor for our swim team. She looks so sad getting out of that pool. But as you just said, they swam faster than our B team. I mean, that's, again, like putting anyone in there and all of a sudden claiming that, you know, they're crap just because they didn't win. Like, who cares if you win the freaking heats? That's the point. You win the heats to get through to the final, and the final is where it counts. It's like, you know, you, you win a semifinal in a Grand Slam. You're not going to all of a sudden turn around and go, well, you know, if you had done this in the final, you would have this. I mean, maybe you will. But, like, it's kind of, you know, you, you take it for what it is. But it's an achievement. I mean, Leah Neal... Good on her. She's an Olympic bronze medalist. She did the best she could. Um, and, I mean, Katie Ledecky found some form in that 4 by 2 and, you know, did it. And, I mean, this is a weird thing for me to say. It's usually the Americans who are really kind of like arrogant and then are talking down their chances. Americans were celebrating this silver medal. They they were all over Twitter were just basically going like, wow, this is an American record. Like, Kate Ledecky, she's won another medal. And it's one of these rare times where I'm like, well, good on America. They actually did this very, very well, unlike the gymnastics the other day. So... Yeah, it's just, it's just such a, I really do wish we had Colin on this episode just to kind of hear like how Canada would do something like this, because I can't imagine they're going, oh, Penny Alexiak choked, she didn't break the record. Like, I saw some tweets from Canada and saying like, you know, applaudable effort from the girls, they got fourth, Summer McIntosh did very well, 14 year old. So it's just, since coming back here. Uh, last couple of months, I there's I realise there's a lot about this country I did not miss, and I'm not trying to be one of those snooty Australians who moved overseas. But God, we whinge a lot, Jared. Yeah, it feels like it's never good enough, and yeah, it's just that whole thing of perspective. It's like they've made the Olympics. If they medal at all, amazing. If they get a gold, great. Um, but then also to like. Australia has like look at our population <laughs> compared to like other countries of the world. Yeah. Um, like obviously we have like great facilities in terms of sports, but like it's just it's trying to compare like between countries in like a medal tally is just 
it's comparing apples and oranges. Like it just, it doesn't work. And it's, you've got to look, as I've always said with the Sydney Olympics, like you have that blowback, you invest so much money into your sporting, and this will happen for Brisbane. There will be millions upon millions upon millions of dollars invested into sports in Australia in the next 11 years to ensure that when Brisbane comes around, we win a shit ton of gold medals. And it will happen. It happens all the time at the Olympics. Britain is a classic example of that. Canada, the Own the Podium campaign, which got them so many gold in Vancouver, has just trickled so thoroughly throughout the subsequent Winter Olympic Games, and it's slowly starting to trickle away. And that's what happens. We're, we're, we're never going to be the US. We're never going to be China. We're never going to be Russia. It's That's just how it is. We don't have that type of funding for it, and it's a trickle-on effect. We're, we're in a lucky position now where we are going to see two Olympics in the space of 30-odd years. And it's it's so rare to see two Olympics in a person's lifetime in a country like Australia. So, again, uh, it's such a, I'd love to do a whole episode on this. I'd love to get somebody on to talk about this more because this annoys me more at the Winter Olympics than it does at the Summer Olympics. And I will talk about this in Beijing next year. But, again, we've won 18 medals right now. 20 medals, actually, sorry. We're, we're up to 20 medals. You know, I mean... This is where people start to get cocky, like, oh, you know, like, we only won 29 in Rio, so we're clearly going to get, like, 40. I don't genuinely believe we're going to win 54 medals. That was just a, cool, I'm just going to go there. Jared, you're shaking your head, too. Genuinely don't believe we're going yeah. to win 54 medals. Um, but, I mean, like, just just be proud. Like, for fuck's sake, if you won one bronze medal, be, be proud. If you didn't win any medals, like, you're Olympians. Like, just, oh, yeah, God, this country. Um... The other ones I wanted to say, though, on a sort of a fun note, um, speaking of America and team swimming, I loved a tweet that US Swimming put out today. A bit of a sassy tweet, and I loved it. Their tweet was, before posting negative comments, post a video of yourself swimming a 50-metre along with your time with sort of that real little sassy face emoji, which was brilliant. Um, Also, uh, from the Canadian perspective... Uh, their beach volleyball players, who are, you know, medal shots, basically were caught on camera in between points where one of them said uh, something along the lines of, oh, look at them yelling at everybody the whole time and growling. Get a fucking life. <laughs> Such shade. So good. And, okay, again, I want to praise some of our coverage. I actually watched a bit more of that Shinwa last night, Jared. I'm kind of coming around, kind of funny, like Gazy. He's, he's everyone's guy. And Andy Mars, I think, was off sick, but they got Hamish McLaughlin. I know you're not a Hamish McLaughlin fan, but I actually don't mind Hamish. And I like the the lady. I wish I knew her now. I like to call her Mel McLaughlin Jr. because she's kind of very similar to Mel. But um, they've got a bit of chemistry and a bit of fun. At one point there, they were showing some highlights, and they obviously left uh, Andrew Gazer's uh, mic on. And they came back on air and basically Hamish Lockham's like, I believe you were still on air the whole time. And Andrew is like, what? But like, you can just hear him like talking over the top of highlights going, oh, that's going to hurt. Oh, crikey. Oh, and I was like waiting for them to drop like an F-bomb or something like that, but he didn't. Um, but the coverage in, in, on NBC, I really wish I was still in North America because they have Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart interviewing people because our shirtless Tongan, Peter, whatever his name is, posted a photo on Instagram today of him being interviewed by Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. Now, Jared, we're missing out. I want Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart interviewing our athletes. I feel like Snoop Dogg just always like pops up where you don't expect him. Menu log <laughs> ads in Australia, yeah. uh, interviewing athletes at the Olympics. It's just, it's just great. <laughs> 
I just, I mean, this is a stoner guy who basically spent the 90s promoting, you know, unprotected sex and drugs and all that kind of stuff and rap culture. And here he is now with this. He was doing shows with Martha Stewart. I I had a friend who worked in a hotel in Melbourne. It was a hotel where a lot of, you know, A-list celebrities would come and stay. And he said one of the nicest people he ever dealt with when checking them in was Snoop Dogg. He said he was so surprised, like he knew Snoop Dogg was coming in and thought this guy's going to be an absolute dick. He said he was one of the nicest people that he ever, ever got to deal with. So I want more Snoop Dogg on my Olympics. Can I just uh, point that out? Um, who would we get in Australia? Would it be Hamish and Andy, I guess? Or mm, I mean, Probably. You know, we get Kate Miller-Heidke doing interviews with Guy Sebastian or something along those lines. Bring back Roy and HG. Seriously, stop listening to us and listen to the Roy and HG podcast, which is doing quite well. Um, should really throw to our uh, commentary. Uh, this is one thing that you've been dying to hear, Joe, because, again, you you weren't able to join us on the harbour today. The sailing, Jared, you were counting down the minutes to commentate this. What happened? Yeah, I have been a bit of a no-show for the water events, right? Yeah, uh, a little bit, a little bit hydrophobic, I think. Yeah, what's going on there? Are you just, you just not telling us something here? Is there just some real water fear that you've got going on at the moment? Yeah, um, I went on a scuba diving trip, and I was left out in the middle of the ocean, right. and that's why I sing with 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 so much emotion in my voice. <laughs> Classic Australian uh, trip that happened. You know, everyone everyone talks about the you know whole getting kidnapped in the outback, Wolf Creek thing, but everyone forgets about that time we just left those two behind in the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> Classic Australian, uh, you know, ploy there. But uh, Colin and I were out in the harbour today, and we were commentating the women's four seventy class, and. Uh, Let's just say we made sailing exciting. That's all I want to say. So let's cross out now to uh, Ben Waterworth and Colin Hilding to commentate the sailing. It's over to you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. We are here at Enoshima for race one of the women's 470 sailing class. And what a day it is for sailing. The boats are out on the water. The boats are off the water. The crowd has flocked in here. I've not seen a crowd this big at a sailing event ever. This is massive. It is huge. This is the event that stops the Olympics. As you can see on the graphics on our screen, explaining what a boat is. People just need a refresher because everyone knows what a boat is because everyone loves their sailing. And speaking of loving their sailing, it is a pleasure to welcome 1972 sailing viewer. It is Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back to our coverage here at the Tokyo Olympics. I'm thrilled to have you here next to me. I am thrilled to be here. It is a beautiful day. It's approximately 35 degrees outside approximately 180 degrees in the water. They had better stay in those dinghies or somebody is going to be losing some skin in that water. It's about 300 degrees in the commentary box because we're that excited. But, uh, of course, uh, Colin, can you just quickly explain this because we're actually going to cut straight into uh, the the race. Uh, Actually, before we do, though, let's quickly take a look at our start list. So Argentina, Australia, Brazil, People's Republic of China, Spain, France, Great Britain will be our uh, first set of boats, as you will see there. They're our top seven. Of course, our People's Republic of China and Brazil, traditional sailing rivals. Then we have Germany, Greece, Israel, Italy, Japan, Malaysia, and the great sailing nation of Mozambique as well. Mm. What can we expect from these uh, starting? Oh, actually, I forgot there's more. Netherlands, Poland, Slovenia, Switzerland, Sweden, (laughs) Turkey, and the United States. I always forget there's those other seven because they're kind of the the not-so-important ones. But we're we're cutting straight here to the race where, you know, so much to cover here. But, Colin, who who can we expect here to do well? Because it looks like Poland are out in front right now. Uh, right now, I'm going to say the Polish because they're out front right now. Uh, that is my expert analysis. Uh, once we get a shot of somebody who's in front of them, I'm going to call them. Now, just quickly, as we see the graphics here, the lead, Poland, uh, seven and a half knots, doing very well. 
uh, Israel doing very well for them, not a traditional sailing nation, but they're in second, Britain in third, France fourth, and Australia dropping back to six there, disappointing from them as Japan are in fifth. Explain to us exactly the 470 class. What is the 470 class in sailing? Well, it's actually very simple. You need to keep your weight down to 470 pounds. It's very strict. Uh, sometimes they have to wear those giant garbage bag suits to shed a couple of pounds just to fit in the boat. If you go in at 471, you will sink. Uh, so right now, this is easy to tell that they've all kept lean, mean, and uh, probably on keto. Well, that's the way to go here is we've got a great shot here of the British crew just struggling there to pull oh the rope there. Oh my God, look at that. The way they took that wave was just dangerous. This is I, The camera reckless, person there even reckless. lost it there. They were that excited there, Colin. Yeah. That was a great rope pull. Uh, the Brits here leading uh, Israel and the US, it seems. Uh, obviously, the US known for their sailing. They're so in love with sailing. They named an event after themselves, the America's Cup. Just reminding everyone that Australia did beat them in 1983. No, we have not gotten over it. It's still a great moment in our history. But uh, what, what is happening here with this British boat here? She just looks like she's on a casual sail on a Sunday afternoon pulling a rope. But I feel there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, well, there is. She's pulling um, at about 20% strength right now. If she pulls it all the way, then she's going to start spinning around in circles. Uh, and then uh, every once in a while, uh, you might even see the front end come up. Slam down again. That's a move. Sorry, Israel there just snuck into second that there. Was that was unintentional. Uh, they spun all the way around. A little bit too hard pulling on that. They're at about 30 or 40% right now of their strength. Um, you know what? Right now, uh, anybody seen the Truman Show, they are headed for a painted wall where they will speak to the creator by the end of this. Well, I was going to mention that, actually. Uh, will there be some fake storms put up? Uh, is there something that they can do that, really? Will Christoph mm. kind of get involved here to really make it entertaining? Is that a common thing in Olympic sailing? It is. Uh, every once in a while, you might see a giant mechanical shark poke his head out of the wall, uh, or out of the water there. Uh, and the wall. It will come out of the water and the wall. They like wow. the special effects here in sailing. That's, a, that's an incredible thing. But Poland... 7.1 knots, doing very well here. Israel sneaking back up into second place. The British move there, whatever they did, you explained it very well, but I completely forgot because I'm just so entertained by sailing. I mean, it, was, it was the partial pull, let's, let's call it whoa, that. Whoa, what pull. a wave move there from Paul. Look at them ride the wave there, this, up and down, up and down. Oh my goodness, I'm going off I, here. This is incredible. Can I just be critical for a second? How can we get glorious up-close shots like this in sailing in the middle of open water and yet Every person I see surfing seems to be filmed from about 200 feet away. Because Get some decent cameras in surfing. Come on, let's let's transfer some of our production. Let's be honest, Colin. Sailing's all about the kids. The IOC mm. know that the kids are into sailing, whereas surfing, it's, it's more for the adults. Surfing's yeah. kind of a grown man's and a woman's sport, whereas the kids, I mean, on the way here today to the sailing, all I could see were kids in boats. Everywhere I went, all the young Japanese people were in boats, they were just sailing. They were going, oh, this is all I've been waiting for for five years. We had to wait an extra year for this. The kids love their sailing, Colin. And it's such an accessible sport for the kids. I mean, every kid I know has access to a boat. I mean, I know. I, I'm in one right now. Uh, I'm you not are. even outdoors. I just, I, I plan it down in my living room, you know, just to get the feel for it. I kind of give myself some partial pulls to rock it back and forth while I'm watching uh, it on the big screen in the living room. Or in now the studio, to... wherever I might be. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you decided to put our studio on a boat, Colin. It makes it a little bit more entertaining. But well, thank you ask... for coming to my living room to record this as well. Anytime. Uh, when it comes to the traditional sailing nations, I would think of Australia. You know, I would think of the U.S., Britain probably as well, France. 
Uh, Poland's not one of these countries that jumps to jumps to mind. What, how did mm. Poland get so good at women's 470 sailing? Well, they competed in the wild card against Burkina Faso, um, and that's pretty much it. Just it was luck of the draw. They picked two countries. It's kind of like names in a hat. What do we got? We got Poland. We got Burkina Faso. We have Mozambique. Two out of the three are going to make it in. Well, there you go. That's that explains enough for me there. But I'm seeing here the French team on screen. This is Camille Lecointe and Alois Retorans, who, of course, are very good friends of Colin. Now, uh, you, I believe you spoke briefly to Alois here as uh, we're seeing the Polish crew again. Oh, make a little oh, duck under the sail! The oh, my goodness! Oh, sorry, Colin. You I what? wasn't expecting that, it. That was not the wave. There's a fight oh. broken out among the crew. They are fighting right now. One wanted to pull left, one wanted to pull right, and they said, you know what? You're going down, eat this. Now, look, I mean, look at the daring nature of this fight now. One of them's hanging off the boat. She's that scared of a crew member, but she's going to pull some rope here and almost threaten to choke her. I want to come oh, back to the this. question I asked. She's oh. counting fish. You know, this is what I'm going to do to you when I get you down on the ground. She's got a stick now. We know what Polish okay, people can do with sticks. It's a we pole. The, it's a Polish the, pole. The Polish the pole is out, Collins. The pokey pokes and the stabby stabs are coming out. They started fencing. This is how they wow. keep the kids in there. They, they breed different sports together. I couldn't Genius imagine I would it. ever see the Polish pole. And say, oh, there's going to be a collision here. Oh, look out. Oh. Poland. Poland are going to hit the boat. No, oh, they get a slipstream. That's, That's right. Calm down. Incredible. That is very unusual to see in the sport. Usually the uh, sea traffic controllers have much better control over it. Now, just quickly back to my question. You spoke to Alois and Camille before from France. Uh, any any advice you gave them or anything that they were saying before this event? Well, actually, I asked them for advice on how to commentate this. And uh, uh, I believe they sounded very positive, but I have not brushed up on my French recently, so they could very well have been insulting me and my children. Well, I actually uh, had a bit of a chat with the Mozambique crew of Maria Machava and Denise Paruk, and they said that uh, they, they really need some help when it comes to their sailing. So they suggested that uh, we were able to help them out. So I'm just actually going to connect uh, something here to the speakers of the uh, the Tokyo Olympic speakers. Now I'll just cue this up. There we go. Yes, Pirates of the Caribbean music. This might make this all right. exciting. So there we go. Let's see. Well, well that it, works. We all I'm remember in, the pumped. famous whirlpool sequence at the end of At World's End. That's basically what they're doing right now. This is the, uh, this is the theatric part of the competition. So they're scored on artistic, they're scored on technical and they're scored on theatrics. And this is the theatrical portion of the program. Let, look at the Dutch, the Slovenians and the Chinese here going around to some uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, this this is why the kids get involved because they want to queue this up mm. and get involved in it. I mean, you could play so many other sailings. You could play I'm Sailing Away. That could work. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm digging the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff here. Oh, Switzerland just came in. No. Oh, what a move by oh, Switzerland. Wow. My goodness, Nice Colin. save there. Jeez. Almost Spain. ending catastrophe. Well, the fifth mark here. And I love the way that they're able to so quickly animate these boats. We talked about that in the badminton the other day, but this is live shots of animation. I mean, again, attracting the kids. Kids love cartoons, so let's cartoon on this. As Poland have about a 17-kilometer lead here over Israel, it seems. France sneaking up behind Israel, so obviously the advice that they gave you were helping. But, oh, we've got a little bit of trouble here for Poland. Looks like they're stopped. Oh, no, the Polish pole is broken. The fight between these two is breaking out again. Oh, she's got a leg caught in a rope. Oh, she has to move it around there. Oh, that's but a She's tapping out. I think she's tapping. No, not yet. It's getting no, close to a tap out is coming. Just uh, the boat in the background there, I believe that was the Canadian boat. I, I like to see the Canadians use the motorized dinghy there, but unfortunately they were disqualified at the start. Well, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, here comes Canada. They're there just, that's disruption is their plan. 
of course, the Polish crew of Agnieszka Skurapek and Jolanta Agar are doing very well. Israel's gaining here. Look at the gain there from Israel. Noya Baram and Shah Tibi are absolutely on fire as we've got a close up view of the French. On her. Wow. That French. That's the butt cam. This that's is Camille there. Sexualization wow. in the uniforms of sailing has become quite the controversial topic. I believe uh, recently in a recent poll of the French of who has the sexiest butt in sports, Camille Leconte did come across at number one, followed by Mary Antoinette. So I think they've kind of, you know, forgotten about her, but seriously, number two butt in France still after all these years. Yeah. So good for them. And the polls here, uh, they still look like they're just sitting still here. So maybe they're just talking it out, having a bit of a DM just to make sure that the Polish polls aren't going there. But they've got such a lead here. Colin. I mean, this is an unassailable lead. We, we went around the fifth mark. We should have mentioned that. I, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds important. But, I mean, with such a lead at the fifth mark, I mean, legs six of seven right now. They've got a 188-metre lead. I thought it was 17 kilometres. Clearly, my distance is going there. But Australia, Australia's up into fifth. Oh, no, they've just been overtaken by the Italians. Yeah, that's, uh, that's your typical Italian move there. Uh, they just love to sneak in there just to stick it to the Australians. Now, looking at how close the field is behind there, as we get a close-up of the poles here. I mean, the poles literally, I think, are sitting still again just to tease Israel, France. As Australia back up into fifth again, so classic move there from the Australians. But is this just a bit of a toying tactic? Is this a bit of a sledge here? The poles going, come and get us, come and get us. We're used to being overrun by countries, but the difference is, all these years later, we know how to we know how to take it. We're not just going to get invaded again. We're going to let you invade us, but then we're going to stick it right up to you and do the Polish thing, which is just sail into the distance and win a met and win a race. Well, we all know Keanu Reeves famous like, come here finger wave that he does in the Matrix, that is the sailing equivalent right there. I believe that is the subtitle and the slogan, sailing is come here. So, come here. Uh, there we now, oh, this come is here. a tricky move. Sailing for the kids. Now, the Polish sailors here, uh, both Skyropik and Olgar, have gone through the two yellow markers there, as I believe that's Agar standing up to even do the come here right now to everybody. She's, she's literally leaning over the side of the boat going, come here, Israel, come on, let's do this. And I, I will say that I, I have to say, after all these years, it's great to see two nations very much destroyed by World War II really coming into their own sailing now. It's, it's about time to yes. Holland. This is what the Olympics yes. are all about. You know, it's been all good since the Holocaust. Uh, that's going along with our commentary oh, Colin, yesterday. sorry to interrupt you. We've got the Finnish here. The Polish, not the Finnish boat. They weren't even qualifying, but the, the Polish are about to cross the line. They have. They've won this race. The Polish have won despite wow. a pole fight. No, Polish poles fights, strife among the team, and you know what, they come together in the end, all in the, 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 the sportsmanship of that country is just extraordinary now. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna end up in another crash here? No, Colin, I've got to say here, trying to ride. we know this is a bit of a marathon, the 470, plenty of races to go, but is Israel gonna finish second? Now, if they can get under 50 seconds here, they will get the bonus gobbledygook point, as we know how important well, that is. So it's Israel, let's call this, it's they're coming, coming to the line. To the can they be 50 seconds? 42, 43, they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna get Left the gobbledygook stroke, point. Right stroke, Look stroke, at this, right they're gonna cross the line, mogul, 48 mogul, seconds. Mogul. Wow, Israel the get the secondly gobbledygook point as France cross the line, miss out by five seconds. And the Brits, the British, look at them in a deserved fourth place. Suck it, Britain. Uh, sail, sail, sail your boat right across the line. Wow. I tell you what, I, I think this Pirates of the Caribbean theme really spurred on Israel to break the 50-second barrier. Without the Pirates of the Caribbean going on in the background, I really think they would have struggled. But who's this coming here? Oh, it's Italy. Italy has snuck through into fifth. Australia, Italy. don't know where they are right now. Here come the Italians. As they're going to go across the line, can they beat one minute 30? Oh, easily. Oh, that's a typical Italian sail there, Colin. 
Yeah. Hey, you know, I think we have lost track of that Canadian boat. It's uh, on its way to Fiji right now. Whoa, hang on a minute. Turn up for the books. Australia have lost sixth place to the host nation here. Oh, and Australia crossed the line in seventh. Nia Jerwood and Monique de Vries will be disappointed with that, but luckily they beat their very fierce rivals in Slovenia there into eighth. As we've got a bit of a race here between China and the Netherlands, and China, I think, will just beat us. Germany as well. They're all battling in here for, that is, ninth place. And uh, the, well, I think Germany just oh, hit them there. They just hit a crab! Wow! wow. Crabs are out! This sailing as well! Wow, oh, well, just I'm just tossed. receiving word. Breaking news, the Germans there actually got disqualified as they crossed the line. I'm not too sure why. I think maybe because the Poles won. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, it's yeah. The, the Polish won, and there were, there were a couple of racial slurs I was hearing related to the Holocaust, and uh, that definitely cost them a little bit with the judges. Well, I mean, with Poland and Israel 1 and 2, there's no way they were going to allow Germany to finish. It's great to see the equality involved in 2021 here. Mm -hmm. They would purely disqualify the Germans based on the reputation. Quite fair. The US coming across the line, all beating Greece there as well, very close. Now, uh, this is Brazil here. They like to signify that they wear bras, as you can see both of their uh, yes. sailors there, Fernando yes. Luqueira and Anna the name of their boat. They just call it bra. They're just, they're, it's, it's halfway between like, hey, bra, what's going on? Or, hey, we're women, we wear bras. As they cross the line here, can they be two minutes 50? Oh, no, they've just missed out in three seconds. Nearly a national record there for Brazil. But we've got uh, Malaysia aging, coming here. Bra is an aging boat uh, that I think needs to be cycled out. Definitely agree, but Malaysia will cross the line. Oh, it's Argentina. Oh, sorry, I got my boats confused there. Very uh, oh, the easy to confuse. Oh, the Coast Guard has come in. Here's Malaysia now. Oh, and Argentina have also been disqualified as well. Clearly, the uh, the, the sailors are not fans of uh, Lionel Messi. Here's Malaysia. Mass coming across the line. And I have to be honest, I'm going to be a bit biased here. Nurisha Jamal and Juni Karan Nur Jamili are my favourite sailors in the world and deserved 16th place for the Malaysians there. Even saying 18, but you know, of course, that Germany and Argentina have been disqualified. I'm just going to say it right now. Half of these countries did not exist at the end of this race, I swear. Well, look, that's the beauty of sailing, Colin. The kids get involved, they vote online for the fan poll, and they just introduce boats halfway through. Pirates of the Caribbean, all of a sudden you've got a Swedish team that is having a casual sail on the Tokyo Harbour, and boom, oh, they're in an Olympic race. And look at them actually, go here. A Swedish boat, sorry, Colin, I'm going to call this. They've never beaten five minutes behind the leader here, and they're going to smash this. This is going to be a Swedish record. They're going off in Stockholm right now. They're going to smash this by more than 50 seconds. The Swedes come across the line, only four minutes and five seconds behind. The boat, look at this, she's excited. Oh, my goodness, Olivia Bergstrom and Lavisa Carlson are going off. Sorry, Colin, over to you. Colin's speechless. He can't even think right now. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's so blown away by the Swedish record as Turkish will bring up well, the rear here. Somehow they've frozen in place on my side. <laughs> it's the boat. The connection on the boat is not doing well. Some, somehow it's frozen in place on my screen. Well, yes. it's the, the, the Wi Fi out Sweden. here in open water is not so good. <laughs> Turkey crossed the line to uh, finish in what we're 20th on the straight, but it, 18th in the water. But look at Poland here, the skill involved. 48 seconds ahead of Israel, but we know Israel will get the gobbledygook point for beating the 50 second barrier there. But tell us about the skill involved here from our Polish days. After the Polish pole fight in the middle of it, she's still able to grip the arms there, Jolanta. So good at the gripping of the arms. And you know, that is a full-on pull right there, uh, which is what they need to get across the finish line. I mean, no other boat out here had a fight break out in the middle of it. And I do hear that they were actually fighting over a fencer. Well, well they should be. I think that's a, Love a of a fencer. thing to do. I'm just, we're watching the replays here, and again, it's just 
Every time I watch this, Colin, it's all about the kids. I mean, that star oh, yeah. just spoke volumes to the children out there. I'm even hearing words right now on the streets of Stockholm as they're celebrating that every single child under the age of 17 has just literally jumped into a boat. I mean, that that speaks volumes to the sport. Of the, uh, there also is some controversy in right now. Apparently, the Americans are claiming that the Chinese sailors may actually be underage and they're lying about their age to, to qualify for this competition. Classic American move at the Olympics, we know that. But look at the animation here involved. I mean, Pixar has nothing on that. Even the animated lines on the water there just look so realistic. But this was the battle here earlier on. A leg four of yeah. seven. Poland versus Israel. But Poland gets a lead. This is where a bit of the fisty cuts came about here. As you can see, uh, slightly the pole of the pole comes out. But then this little move here from Israel, let's be honest, that's what got them under 50 seconds. I mean, that's a classic Israeli move. That is. They, they call that the Saskatchewan uh, double turkey. That is a perfect idea for a name, and that's certainly falling off. But here's the finish line. And, oh, aren't your Lantern and Agnes yet just going off there? They love life. There's a moment for Israel with the gobbledygook point, and just very typical Israelis there, calm and collected. They'll celebrate when they need to. France third, fourth for Britain, Italy fifth, and the Canadian motorized boat, we believe, has also been disqualified, which is a bit unfair, I have to say. I mean, Canada, they're not known for their sailing. They don't really have water to sail. I mean, the snow sailing, they do very well. But, I mean, Canada's got to try and work out the advantages when they can, right? Well, I mean, unfortunately, most Canadians, like myself, still have them sitting in their living room and haven't actually found the water to test them out in yet. So, uh, you know, much like the Jamaican bobsledders just sort of had to train in push carts, Canadians train in their living room, sometimes in their bathtub. Uh, but uh, typically, we only actually get to the water on competition, which is why we don't see them right now. Uh, they're actually still lost somewhere out at sea. And Sad story. They probably will die. Uh, most likely will not be rescued. But uh, hey, they will die Olympians. That's all that matters. Of, confirmation of the results. Poland, Israel, France, Britain, Italy, Japan, and Australia, the top seven. Just mentioning just a second ago, the iconic slow-mo images of the sailing, which will be in our memories forever. Slovenia in 8th, Germany, who of course have been disqualified, moves to People's Republic of China up into 9th, Netherlands into 10th, Spain, Switzerland, the US, who of course have a bit of a protest against China right now, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Of course, uh, points are awarded, like golf, you get low points for finishing high and high points for finishing low. Greece, Brazil, Argentina have also been disqualified, Malaysia, Sweden and Turkey, and unfortunately for Mozambique, I'm not too sure there uh, what happened. We didn't see them, but they have uh, not yeah. uh, come to the start. Maybe they were actually, so pumped up for pirates and they wanted to listen to it. Well, it's actually very brave. They decided to mount the rescue operation for the Canadians. Well, look at that. Typical Mozambique, thinking about themselves before others. But as we uh, leave Enoshima right now with some beautiful shots here of the harbour, what an event. We look forward to covering more of the women's 470 at some point. It is the race that stops the Olympics. Colin Hilding, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, and next time you can come sail away with me. And, well, indeed we will. Let's come sail away right now by crossing back to the Octopodium Studios with Ben Cullen and Jiren. And thank you very much, Ben. I, I don't know what Off the Podium is, but uh, clearly he was getting drunk of excitement on the sailing. Who knew that Pirates of the Caribbean is all you needed to make sailing exciting, Jared? If only that should be blasting it. Forget about the DJ at the beach volleyball. Where's the DJ at the sailing events? Seriously, what what else? What other sports? Like while we're on this topic, what what could you? What's some other music you could add to some sports? Like golf. What could you add to golf to make that exciting? Is it Snoop Dogg, maybe? I think so. I mean, if he's if he's there as well, just get him to put on the live show. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. And it's just like, I mean, golf is very concentrated, right? But I mean, I, you know, a bit of snoop in the golf wouldn't be too bad. I think skateboarding, I mean, come on, like 
the, the obnoxious little shit kids out there doing it that should be something like that. Surfing's obvious, but, I mean, dressage. Can we just talk about the fact that when we commentated the dressage the other night, we did not mention the great uh, Munich Symphony Orchestra versions of Billie Jean and uh, All Night Long, I think it was, or whatever the other the, the other song was playing. But um, I, I did notice Channel 7 got a bit excited because one writer wrote out to Kylie Minogue, which is always a positive. So, I mean, obviously keep an eye on the, on the dressage. I mean, what's your music of choice for dressage? It's a good question. Um, I mean, we've talked up You're the Voice on this show. <laughs> I think a horse trotting to a uh, You're the Voice, uh, nice and proud, couple of reverse parallel parks, um, oh. I think it could work perfectly. Yes. God, there's so many things. I think maybe for fencing, a bit of Mask of Zorro action going on there, a bit of Die Another Day, of course. You know, there's there's so much going on there in the uh, in the world of music. Maybe people listening can send us in their uh, ideas for music. Before I get to uh, sort of looking ahead for the tomorrow, because we've got some big stuff happening tomorrow and everything along those lines, one thing I wanted to mention with Jess Fox is did you see the news story that emerged out the other day that Jess has uh, found a very unique way to use some of those 50,000 condoms that are in the Olympic Village. Basically, the damage to the front of her boat, she has to put some sort of resin material on it to try and fix it. And to hold it into place, she's using condoms to slip it over the thing. I mean, this is this is genius. We know the athletes aren't having sex these Olympics with the sex-proof beds. So, I mean, Jess has found a genius. This is why she won gold today. Let's be honest. It's the condoms. It's true. Who knew that there were so many boats they needed to uh, to repair in uh, Tokyo? She's she's got the extra large condoms too, I believe. You know, uh, Jess likes a big, so good on her. She she puts it on the boat and uh, it goes home. So uh, if any other athletes are listening right now, um, use those condoms. I'm sure again that can be mixed with the music. You can find that. Uh, along the way now uh tomorrow day seven is a big one because it's our first day of athletics tomorrow uh we've got one medal event in the athletics tomorrow the ten thousand meters but it's always it's always that halfway point of the olympics isn't it you know kind of you're there when the athletics is happening i'll be honest i'm looking forward to bruce i i always look forward to the athletics for bruce bruce called the swimming I think it was in Athens he called the swimming, and maybe did he do it in Beijing? So I wonder why Bruce doesn't do the uh, the dual commentary. But, um, yeah, like, athletics is always fun. I mean, this, this is the Olympics. Athletics is the Olympics, right? This is where the most nations compete, the most events. And this is... I think it's we haven't really discussed too much about the lack of crowds and, and how that is. I don't think it's really been that much of a, a difference. Some events maybe, but outside of that, it hasn't really been too bad. This is where I think it's going to be weird. In a in an empty stadium, you know, 60,000, 70,000 people. I mean, I can't even imagine the 100 metres, what that's going to be like. So uh, are you excited for the athletics? Are you, are you a man who enjoys his athletics? Yeah, definitely. I think well, it's just so many events in the one spot and the fact that they're all kind of running uh, like in amongst each other, like plenty to choose from. Um, which is good. I think the swimming, as much as Australia loves it for, for the fact that it gets us uh, up there on the medal tally, um, it's always nice when it kind of comes to a close. You get to a point where you've seen enough swimming um, and you're just ready for something different. So I think the variety that athletics offers will be really great. 
And if I'm not mistaken, generally I know the swimming, the finals are held morning Australian time when they're sort of on this side of the world because that's an NBC thing. Basically, they've got the right so they can strong arm the IOC. I don't think they do this with the athletics, though. I still think they still hold the, the 100 metres at night from memory. So uh, the, the men's 100 metres kicks off on Saturday, but the women's 100 metres, uh, the the preliminary rounds and uh, the semis, are they tomorrow? Is it just all, uh, I think it's just all heats tomorrow. But uh, other events we've got starting tomorrow, the high jumps on tomorrow, uh, the discus, steeplechase is going on, the women's 800, women's uh, men's 400 hurdles, the women's triple jump, the women's 5,000 metres heats. But the one medal tomorrow that has been decided is the men's 10,000 metres. Uh, I have uh, done a couple of 10K since the last Olympics, and uh, I generally don't run the whole thing, so clearly I didn't qualify. Um, and the 4x4 relay mixed round one. It's quite early for that but um bring on bruce hashtag bring on bruce i say 21 medal events are happening tomorrow and alongside the athletics starting tomorrow we also have trampolining starting tomorrow which is always a it's kind of the middle ground of gymnastics jared i know you like your balls and your ribbons uh there's also traditional gymnastics which is always fun but i don't know i'm, I'm weirdly entertained by a trampoline it's kind of one of these sports where i'm like do i like this and i watch it and i'm like yeah, it's not too bad. Like it's it's fine. I mean, it's it's not rhythmic, but it's still it's still up there. I mean, we won only medal in, in this type of gymnastics, so we should be celebrating this in Australia. Yeah, I think trampolining is almost like nostalgia is probably not the right word, but the fact that my mind just goes straight to like kids jumping on trampolines in their backyard, <laughs> uh, doing like the whole like belly flop routine on on the trampoline, and then to to imagine it at this high level. Uh, the, the the height that they get on the bounce that you'd never be able to achieve on your on your home trampoline um, that would normally have like a couple of springs broken and inevitably somebody would fall through the gaps and hurt themselves. <laughs> um, I think it's just great for for the fact that it's there and just that funny um, comparison is just always in the back of your mind. I I was shit scared. I I was not a good trampolining person, but I mean I think it's also one of these ones that. I mean, so many things to do with Sydney, I think, kind of give me... Like, I'm always a bit partial to taekwondo and triathlon because I remember watching them in Sydney. Archery, as I said, you know, there's there's a lot of events which relate so much to those just those two weeks in Sydney. And obviously, Trampoline was debuted at Sydney and with Jai Wallace winning the silver. You know, we all remember his reaction when he, you know, got the silver. It was fantastic. So, I don't mind the Trampoline. It's the women's tomorrow. And, of course, uh, for Canada, that's a big deal because Rosie, Rosie McLennan's back. She's aiming to be, I think, the first Canadian to ever win three consecutive gold medals in a single event uh, in a row. So, of course, she's the reigning uh, two-time gold medalist from both London and Rio. So, I don't... I I think from memory, Colin talked up that she's not really a big chance, but who knows? It's the Olympics. You never know what else is going to happen. I guess the other big ones tomorrow in terms of uh, the medals, of course, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, the women's uh, slalom was on today, but we've got the men's happening tomorrow. And I will say that the Australian guy that I mentioned, of course, is Lucian Delfour who I believe was the second fastest qualifier. So uh, keep an eye out for him. Uh, cycling, both the BMXs uh, being there tomorrow. We've got a badminton medal being decided tomorrow, mixed doubles. And I can tell you it's going to be a gold to China and a silver medal to China. But uh, Chinese uh, competitors in there. Uh, when it comes to uh, events to look out for, I guess, for Australia tomorrow, obviously we've got the uh, women's BMX will be something to keep slightly 
uh, in the back of your mind. Uh, we do actually have an Australian competitor in the uh, trampoline. Her name is Jessica Pickering. So keep an eye out. There's only 16 people in that final. So uh, you never know. That's a decent chance for a, for a medal. Uh, we have got two uh, crews in rowing finals tomorrow, both in the eights. The men's and the women's, uh, both uh, there, some of the, uh, not quite up there, I think for medals, we were sort of near the slower competitors, but Canada also, uh, at least in the women's tomorrow. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, in terms of other prominent ones, we've got the Matildas in a quarterfinal tomorrow, Jared. Now, football, of course, is a sport. Australia has never won a medal in. I do not believe we have ever progressed past the quarterfinals in either men's or women's. And it's an interesting one with Britain because you never know really how to go with this. England, of course, generally the country you come up against when you play in soccer, football. I stick to football, Ben. That's a true term. So, yeah, I don't know how to read this. I, I don't know if I would have rather Canada because at least then if we had a loss, then Canada goes through because Canada's got freaking Brazil and I'm nervous for them. So how are you feeling for the Matildas tomorrow? Um... I've got a. I feel like I've got a bad feeling. It, it just there's some of these sports that it just feels like you're just destined not to medal in. Yeah. Um, like I, I don't want to jinx the the men's basketball, but it it feels like that type of thing with men's with hockey. um with football. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I don't know. I I feel like there's just such hype around this team, and it to be fair, it has died off a lot since, I don't know, two, three years ago when they were just producing these amazing results. Um, so I suppose in that sense, that's probably a good thing, but I feel like the hype is still there. Like there's expectation that they'll do something special here. And I just, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's going to be one-sided, but I think it, like, I just, it just feel like we're going to get a heartbreaking moment. Um, whether it's whether it's this round or the next. Well, of course, only two years removed from hosting the World Cup as well. So, I mean, a big result here would be fantastic for the sport, really. Not that we're not excited to have the World Cup in Australia in two years, but I think it would be, you know, a massive deal if Australia could come away, even, even if you got fourth. I mean, it's a big deal to make the semis, I think. And I'm going to say I, I, I feel that we might be in with a chance. I'm just, I'm not going to say we're going to win, but uh, we might win with a chance. Uh, just some quick breaking news while I go through all the other stuff as well. I should mention that in the fencing, we do have a result uh, in the gold medal match. Rock! Quickly, Jared, turn in. You can hear some Tchaikovsky. Uh, defeat of France, 45-34 to 34 there in the fencing. So uh, congratulations to them. Uh, we still do not have a result in the women's all-around. I've actually got it on in the background right now. I can tell you that Simone Biles is not leading, uh, which is probably the obvious one right now. The current leaders are Vladislava Urazova from Rock and Angelina Melnikova. As I said, Rock going to win a gold and we're going to get uh, put down on the medal tally, which of course is the case. Uh, you mentioned basketball. The Opals are back on the court tomorrow. Uh, they're playing China, hoping to bounce back on that one. Got a couple of uh, beach volleyball players out there going tomorrow as well. Um, in other events tomorrow, our golfers, I didn't mention where they were sitting, but they're not doing too well. So I don't think there's really much to talk about that. Hockey, the Kookaburra is out against Spain tomorrow. That'll be a tricky one. Spain, a very good country when it comes to hockey. So, uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, and Canada also play tomorrow against the South Africa. 
So uh, good luck there, Canada. Um, and Rugby Sevens, of course, will be keeping an eye out. Australia won two from two, so uh, you'd all say we're into the quarters, but we do play the US tomorrow, who are actually a lot better in Rugby Sevens than I think people give them credit for. Canada, I think, have to win against France to have any shot of making it through to the quarterfinals. Sailing's happening tomorrow. That's great. Um, Swimming-wise, it's 100-meter freestyle is the only one we've got a look in tomorrow. Now, I'm going to say this now, Jared. Like, we have fun on this show bagging out, Kate. We really, really do. Rio was fun. And I'm going to say this. You might laugh at me, but... I kind of wanted to win. <laughs> like, I actually kind of wanted to win. Like, Emma McKeon is the fastest qualifier for this. We shouldn't uh, take away from that. I mean, she's she's looked in strong form. She set the Olympic record in the heats. But I kind of want Kate to win, Jared. Am I am I, I'm a bad off-the-podium host for saying I want Kate Campbell to win a gold medal individually? Uh, I don't think you are because I feel like I don't know, I've, got a, I've got a good feeling about uh, Kate Campbell yeah. in the 100 metres. I don't know why, but... Um, it would be nice. Good, good justification for uh, carrying that flag in the opening ceremony. I, it would be, it would be nice. You have to feel that um, she just must want it like so badly at this point. And um, it came up with, with Jess in, in kind of the slalom, but the fact that we have these, these athletes who've won, like being like world champions so many times. And really that is just, the same thing as the Olympics, but it's held every year. Like, like the big difference is the Olympics only comes around every four years. So there's just a lot of deserving athletes who, because the Olympics are so rare and anything can happen that they may not end up winning an Olympic medal, but on the balance of things, they've been more consistent, the more consistent athlete. Um, so it would be, it would be a nice touch to her um, Olympic story so far. It's just yeah, I think you got a good point there, but I, I will say they haven't hyped her up as much. Like, that was our problem, wasn't it, with Rio? I mean, we literally had them all but saying that we were going to go one-two, that Campbell, that both Bronte and Kate were going to go one-two, and that was the problem. Like, it's been a joke on this show. We will always say pulling a Campbell, but if we've got to be realistic and nice, we, we want to see us see, like... Yeah, it did kind of annoy me a little bit, kind of the the attention and how it was all like, woe is me. But Tristan Thomas made a very valid point in that interview with him about, you know, her her genuine reaction. And if you actually follow Kate Campbell on social media, she does seem like kind of like a nice girl, kind of, you know, you kind of feel a bit for her. So, like, as much as, of course, I'd love to see Emma McKeon win, um, you know, but, I mean, in all seriousness, too, I would not be upset if Penny Alexiak defended her title. I think it would be groundbreaking for Penny to get a medal in this event, to just to, to break that record because, you know, we can be the cocky, arrogant Australians and be like, oh, Thorpe's won nine medals, you know, like, but, like, I mean, seven medals for a, a Canadian and to be a summer athlete as well. I mean, this is unheard of. This is, this is like if all of a sudden an Australian, the most successful Australian winter athlete is a winter Olympian. Like, it's, mm. it's just unheard of. Um, so, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. But I, I'm saying this now. Like, I, I've got a bit of a good feeling too, Jared. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I would love to see the top three of Emma, Kate, and Penny. But keep an eye on this Siobhan Hoy that got the silver in the 200 because, I don't know, like, I feel that's a bit Penny-esque of uh, Rio where Penny got a, a medal, I believe, in the 200 from memory and then all of a sudden won the gold in the in the 100 tie with Simone Manuel. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, the 100 metres uh, for the win. We have not won gold in that event since Jodie Henry in Athens. So um, she's, I have to say, I like Jodie Henry. She, to me, is one of these forgotten ones that people never talk about as an Olympic champion in this country. Like, mm-hmm. 
I just, I always love Jodie Henry and I can't believe she barely ever gets talked about. So we should try to get her on the show. Uh, I like Jodie. But that's our only finalist tomorrow. We do have uh, Ariane Titmus made the 800 final, which I think is in a couple of days. Um, and our 200 back girls uh, in Kelly McEwen, she'll be uh, in the qualify- uh, the semis tomorrow as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And Kylie Mass, come on, Ben. Keep up the equalization there with Canada and the off-the-podium guests. Speaking of off-the-podium guests, uh, it's Kylie Mass, as I just mentioned, tomorrow uh, in the 200. She's not in the four... Uh, I think, well, she actually might be in the four-by-one mixed female heats. Uh, not mixed, the four-by medley. Thank you, that's what I meant. So uh, if she's swimming, she will be in that. Uh, but maybe they're going to rest her for the final, should they make it. And, of course, Charlotte Caslick tomorrow uh, in the rugby as well. No medals being decided for them, but they'll still have those ones. Um, one thing I want to do before we head off, I need to mention that uh, Colin did flick us through almost a new fan thing. Now, we've kind of been a bit uh, unlucky these Olympics where we don't really have fan messages for the Australians. We don't have the My Name Is for uh, Canada I'm looking here on the Timos Olympics hub and uh, I can tell you Warwick Anderson's leading the trivia. Good on you, Warwick. Um, oh, they've changed the Olympic moments now on our speedo competition, Jared. We've got Ariane's second gold sinks in. Awesome foursome takes first gold since 2004. Hockey Roos continue winning streak or Titmus and Ledecky heats up in Tokyo. Uh, can we just... It's the like, rowing. <laughs> it's the rowing. Like, I love the fact that she's from Tasmania, but even I'm getting sick of the Ariane tip. I think even Ariane Titmus is getting sick of the Ariane Titmus mm. stuff. Um, so, yeah, but we've got here Canada have a fan message sort of thing. Sobeys, which is a grocery store. I used to shop at Sobeys every now and then when I lived there. Uh, they have an opportunity, Jared, to have a fan message put on a quilt that will be given to Team Canada. Basically, uh, they've got a form here in 20 characters. You can share your message with Team Canada. Hashtag feed the dream. Uh, so I'm disappointed that I'm not living there anymore because I could have picked up a, a reusable shopping bag with pictures of Olympians on it. So uh, I, I'm very sad that they're... Uh, but basically, they're asking Canadians... Well, clearly, we're not involved in that one. Coast to coast to send messages of support, and they're going to create a tablecloth made from over a 1,000 messages that let our Olympians know we're behind them. Let your words cheer on Team Canada and nourish their Olympic spirits throughout the Games. Oh, isn't that nice? So in 20 characters or less... Jared, what do we want to say to Team Canada? Um, it's got to have something on there about um, uh, what was that saying? Good, tr- good, good, good job, buddy. Oh, uh, chin, yeah. up, chin, good chin, chin up, champ. Good job, champ. Yeah, chin up, champ. <laughs> <laughs> Chin up, Kylie. Chen. Well, Kylie's one of their ambassadors. They've got their ambassadors here for Sobies, and Kylie's one of theirs. So, shall we like? Good on you, Chin Kylie. Up. Yeah. Chin, up. Chin up, Charlie. Chin, Chin up, Charlie. Chin up, Kylie. <laughs> Good on you, Kylie. Chin up, <laughs> champ. Um, the two hundred is yours. Um, reverse the curse. Re- <laughs> reverse. <laughs> The curse and put it in the purse. All right. Submit. Input your name here. Oh, okay. Right. Fair enough. Uh, Let's go with Colin Hilding. Uh, (laughs) Submit. Enter your email. Uh, What's his email? Um, I do know his email. Shit. Um, Shall I give it out on air? Actually, yeah, let's give it out on air. I'm sure people can uh, do it. Uh, Colin Hilding at... No, I'm not going to do the rest of that. (laughs) Gmail.com. (laughs) Um... 
<laughs> Send Colin an email. You, you never know. All right. Thank you. We received your message and we'll be reviewing it. If chosen, it will be stitched onto Team Canada's... Oh, we can view the... Me- Jared, we can view the messages. This is what we want. Okay. Cindy from Winnipeg. Probably Colin's neighbour. You are the best. Canada is the best. The True North is supporting you. Go Team Canada. There we go. Uh, Kmantinovich says, go Canada, go. Pretty simple and straight to the point there. That'll get uh, on. That'll get on. Uh, Tara Lee says, we are so proud of you and all your hard work. You are all gold medal winners in our eyes. Go Canada, go. Um, it's true. That's very Canadian. Well, hang on. Here's what there's stolen ours one here, Jared. Anita D. Keep it up. Nearly chin up. You are all inspirations. Um... I like this one from Sunil. Sky is the limit. That's, that's all you need to go. Straight to the point. Uh, why not? Um, anyone else here? Uh, I think we need to save some of these. There's 64 pages of this. Uh, <laughs> wow. Maybe I'll filter through some of these ones and try and find one there. Uh, oh, this one's nice. Margaret Hash. Do your best and enjoy your Olympic experience. Straight. like That's all you need. Good on. See, see Canada gets it. None of this cocky Australianness of you know oh you only got a silver bronze medal, um Jared it's been a it's been a pleasure to have you on the show as always uh, plenty happening uh, what are you looking forward to tomorrow I know we kind of talked up some of those events but is there one in particular that you're going to be keeping an eye on tomorrow I feel like the BMX that is potential uh, I feel like it's going to be overhyped depending on what happens but there is potential for like a, a lovely good news story there. Um, so I think, and the fact that we're in, um, I think the two different semis, um, hopefully we can get both of the girls through to the final. I, I'm, I'm just going to be cliche and say I'm pumped for the 100. I, I, I think I'm probably more pumped than the men's. I think this is just, it's, it's got every chance to be a, a nice story. Uh, and this coming from the podcast that makes the Campbells a joke. So, um, look at us changing our tunes. We are the Basil Zemplis of podcasts. We like to suck up when it comes through to the, these sort of things, but, uh, we'll see how that plays out tomorrow and the Matildas. I'm just going to say it right now. I'm looking forward to the Matildas. I, I I've got a decent feeling. I don't say a good or bad feeling. I have a decent feeling. Um, an updated final medal tally for you today. We're not even a, a final medal tally because we've obviously got the gymnastics going on and this will probably go up with Rock looking like they're going to win another gold. So our top five, China, Japan, US, Rock and Australia. We're three clear of Great Britain. So uh, that's that's good there. And Canada's still in 12th place as well. So we'll uh, see how that changes tomorrow. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag OTP and subscribe to us on all the relevant channels. Leave us some feedback. We appreciate all the support and everything you're giving us. And uh, we look forward to bringing you more exciting action after basically a week of competition. We've still got plenty to come, though. So uh, get excited. Jarrett, as always, thank you. Thank you. It's been great. And uh, we will be back tomorrow, hopefully with Colin, and uh, we'll see how things pan out. Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese. I'm really so.